I'll scream. I'll scratch your face. This face? Club members, I'm Kate and I'm Ariana, and welcome back to the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. We are a podcast slash internet community club thing uh, that talks about all things spoopy. That's scary movies. That's true crime. That's paranormal. And today it is true crime and paranormal because we and scary movies. Oh my god, Ooh. it's a threeper. <laughs> threeper. <laughs> we, we hit all of them. And by true crime, we mean fake crime because we're covering the Black Phone, which is like a a true crime esque paranormal horror movie oh i loved it i oh you just came right out the gate no i loved the intro because it was very like i'm watching a netflix true crime documentary oh yeah the intro so you love the intro yeah oh you're not saying that you love the movie no i loved the true crime aspect of it i guess is what i meant see you know what this is where i would normally disagree with you because we both know how i feel about true crime (laughs) i i'm again it i don't like it get it off of my Netflix home screen. I'm tired. And now Netflix is like, you have to watch 15 seconds of it unless you can find your remote fast enough. Yeah. Here's the John Wayne Gacy documentary. Oh, such Suggested a good one. for you again. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, I, I literally, every time, because it comes up a lot, and me and Nick are like, where's the remote? I'm like, trying to get them off the fucking screen because I'm terrified I of him. I didn't consent to this. No, I did not. And that, well, then I went and I watched The Black Phone, which is, it's true crimey and it's a little John Wayne Gacy yeah. if, we're, if we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also scary movie, but it's also fake <laughs> and paranormal. Yeah. So I can emotionally distance myself from it. And it has Ethan Hawke. So like I was, I was ready for this movie. Yeah. I completely forgot Ethan Hawke was in it until I was watching and I heard his voice and I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot. This is amazing. <laughs> and I expected the whole time to see his face, but... You really don't see his face that much. You you see that pretty mask, though. All of them. Oh, my God. The mask is amazing. Like, who came up with this design? Oh, we can, we'll get there. Oh, we know. I'm so excited. We know who. Yes. And soon you will, too, because we're going to talk about everything about this movie. I'm going to talk about, um, obviously, the cast and crew, the creative team that made this, which will be very familiar, a familiar group for people who are fans of Blumhouse and horror movies in general. But I'm also going to I'm going to talk about the short story because I read the short story that this movie was based on. Did you? Yes, I did. Wow. I read it. So I have a list of like the things that are similar, the things that are different. Oh. And um, also, not that anyone asked for it, but the things I liked and the things I didn't like about this movie because it's a mix. It's oh. a mix for this movie. Did you watch the did you read the short story before watching this? After. Oh, OK. I read it after, and um, it's it's. Uh, I will say that it's very true to the source material. That oh, that is okay, good. a very big pro for it. But yeah, it's um, a lot of times whenever I'm watching a horror movie that was based on a short story, I try to watch the, I try to read the short story first. Mm-hmm. But I can usually tell which movies are based on short stories because it's like, oh, this should have been like 60 minutes <laughs> and yeah. I antlers I'm looking right I'm looking at you dead in the eye I'm sorry but it was apparent that that was a short story and this I I knew was a short story because I think it says it in the beginning or maybe I looked it up but I was I knew it was but I didn't get that I didn't get that vibe from this movie Me too this movie is pretty dense and it isn't short yeah. it's like an hour and 45 minutes it is and they there's there's a lot of things that they added in obviously to make it a feature-length film but 
it's also very, very true to the source material. And you know who wrote the source material, right? Yeah. Tell us. <gasps> oh, my God. It is Joe Hill, um, a.k.a. Joseph Hillstrom King. Uh, King being a family name. Wink, wink, mm. blink, blink. so this is Stephen King's son which I didn't I didn't know that he had a son um and I didn't know that he had a son that he wrote with yeah it's kind of weird that he doesn't use his last name King maybe he's just I probably wouldn't yeah yeah because then like everything you get you're like is it because it says King after it you know imposter syndrome yeah yeah hardcore but this one I I I watched it and I read it and I didn't know who Joe Hill was I didn't know that that was a King relative yeah. did not know that so and, and i enjoyed the short story and i had feelings about this movie should i say no oh, I'm not say no we'll say it soon mm, we'll say it later but first before we get into the meat and potatoes uh today's episode was part of our patron poll uh what do we call it newish we movies just, <laughs> newish movies yeah <laughs> our newish movie poll which was movies i think our rule was within the last three years yeah is what we're looking for. And we got a lot of really good suggestions. And which ones made it to the poll? Um, it was Black Phone and sure. Men. And then someone mm. also recommended Freaky, which we talked about in oh, <laughs> previous episodes. So I put that one on there as well. Just, I'm going to, I swear, it's going to be Freaky and um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So I'm going to just keep <laughs> trying to like figure out polls that I can keep putting them on <laughs> until I can watch yeah. and cover those movies. <laughs> Because I'm just like, God damn it, you guys. But the patrons, they're evasive. They're like, we know what you want. Oh, and my God. Yeah, they know. give it to you. Uh, <laughs> they know. Well, to be honest, I was really, I really wanted to do this one. Did you? And I also really wanted to do men. I really wanted to cover that one as well. I was certain that men was going to win. Me too. Because I feel like I've heard people talking about men more than they've talked about the black phone. But I am, I was really, I was excited when the black phone won, which is saying a lot because I also wanted to talk about men and I also want to talk about freaky. Don't worry, guys. We're going to bring them. <laughs> they're coming back to the poll and we're going to just like MacGy- MacGyver some polls. We should it. have a poll that's <laughs> like works. second place from previous polls <laughs> <laughs> recycled, whatever that's called. The poll will be called, please reconsider. <laughs> the reconsideration poll. <laughs> the re- for your reconsideration, the poll. Make the um, right choice this time. <laughs> make the right choice. But the, today's episode, it, the black poll was, or the black poll. The black, the black phone. The black poll. It was um, recommended by um, two Instagram club members, Adriel Mendonci. Um, these are their usernames, so I'm so sorry if I'm butchering this. Adriella Mendonci and then Sweet Baby Bray, which oh, I'm, I like it might that. be Brie. It might be Sweet Baby Brie, but um, I'm a big fan of Sweet Baby Ray's. Bray. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I just keep thinking about Mark Zuckerberg whenever I read your username and it cracks me up. So I pronounce it that way and I'm sorry. Sweet Baby Bray. And uh, well, if we had to like give like a, like a, like a one or two sentences about what the black phone is for people who haven't watched it. A teaser? A little, a little tease. A little taste. A little taste. Okay. Um, a 13-year-old boy who is abducted and kept in a basement by a part-time magician slash serial killer. <laughs> wow, what a sentence. Starts receiving ghostly phone calls on a disconnected landline from the killer's previous victims. Damn. You know what? That's a really good little taste <laughs> right there. It's, that it's tells heavy. You. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dense, yeah. like you said. There's a lot to unpack, and... Spoiler warning, this movie, I think it is it still in theaters? I think it is, yeah. Yeah, and I know it's also on demand. 
Um, so this is still in theaters slash on demand. It's very new. So we don't care, though. We're going to be spoiling it because, hello, we're a podcast and we talk about the movie. So if that is a problem, just take a breath. Go watch the movie. I think it's like 90-ish minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And come back. It's on Prime for 20 bucks. That's a lot. I guess if you think of it like a movie ticket. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it's like you spend more than that going to the movies with someone else. You do. Did you watch this in theaters? I did watch this in theaters. <gasps> did you? I did. And I don't watch many movies in theaters same. these days. Yeah, same. <laughs> so I, it's, it's weird that we've both seen, seen this in theaters. This is like one of the first movies I've seen in probably like a couple years, like since the pandemic even. A couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. I forget that you're not a big, you're not a screamy you didn't go watch the new Scream? <laughs> no, I did not. I still haven't seen it. Shame. Sorry. Oh, my gross. How dare you? How dare you? Well, what did what did you, like, so you went and you saw the movie yeah. and you liked it? I did like it. I went with Rachel. We actually have this weird thing where we get out of the city and we go into the suburbs and do suburb things. And so we went to TGI Fridays and got a holiday pour of red wine and cheese fries. And then... <laughs> Went to the movies and it was great. Although I was just like, you know, I don't know. I was a little bit freaked out. I think because it was the day after um, 4th of July. Oh. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys heard, but there was like a shooting in Philly um, on the 4th of July that I happened to be in. And so I was really feeling anxious about being in crowds. And so in that um movie theater we had like teenagers or someone behind us that was like running around the theater doing something and I was just during the movie yeah like I think he was like running to get popcorn or something but he just started sprinting and I had like a mini (laughs) panic attack because I was like what is he running away from um so it was like really scary for that reason and also because the movie itself was giving me anxiety I was like oh damn this is this is really scary but um, on second watch, it was great. <laughs> oh, so you, you did watch it twice. I did. Yeah, I got it on Amazon because I wanted to watch it in a better mindset. But um, you saw it in theaters too. Did you see it by yourself or with Nick? Well, I, I, tr- I saw it. Um, I tried to see it twice. So the first time, it's so funny that you say that because I had a very similar experience. Um, I, I wasn't in a crazy Philly shooting. That's terrifying. And I'm so glad that you're okay. I actually, I had a friend who had, I guess if you are like an AMC shareholder or if you have stock in AMC, I'm not really sure. He didn't tell us. He was really like, hey, like I got early access tickets, like oh. early screening tickets. Yeah. Very cool. Right. Yeah. To the black phone. If you want it, because I know you like horror movies. I'm like, you're goddamn right. I like, like horror yeah. movies. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So I went with Nick and um, <laughs> I didn't make it to the actual screening of the movie. So I walked in. It was the week after the Texas high school shooting or the Texas elementary mm. elementary school shooting. And so I was a little anxious also being in crowds. And I also have very bad OCD. <laughs> so I went in and all the floors were wet. Ew. I don't go to many movies. This is another reason I don't go to movie theaters is people are really gross. Yeah. They're they're just gross. And so I, I go to the Alamo Draft House and like, that's it. I go to the Alamo Draft House and my couch. Those are the two options. Yeah. But I was like, okay, yeah, we'll go to this AMC. It'll be chill. It was not chill. It, everything was wet and it was fluorescent lighting. It was like really white 
like flickery lighting and I was like I'm just gonna go to the bathroom and like wash my hands because again really bad OCD <laughs> I was like I'm just gonna wash my hands and soothe myself <laughs> yeah the movie starts <laughs> so I went in and um, I was like let me just and so the, three of the four toilets were out of order two for visible reasons and one because there was a bit yeah one because there was a very big black trash bag over it <laughs> And I and I didn't need to go. I just wanted to like check it out and be like, yeah, that's what I thought it was going to look like. And then the <laughs> sink, I went to wash my hands in the sink and there was a wet Band-Aid Ooh. in the sink. And I was like, I think that I might be done. I think that might be all that. Done. Yeah. I think I'm, I, I think I'm you know, I think I've trigger stacked <laughs> to my limit. And, but I was like, no, it's fine. And so I walked into the theater and there was a. I'm going to guess, and this is an absolute guess because I never found out who this man was. There was a man who was like 6'5", at least, and like a big guy, and he was wearing a suit with a bow tie that was unfastened, like undone. And he was just standing there at the, like, the head of the theater. And it's an early screening, so there's not like trailers or anything. It's just like a big sign that says, like, don't film this movie or whatever. So I'm like, maybe he's with like... How early of a screening? Two weeks, I think. Oh, Okay. It was early. And so I was like, okay, like he's just here to make sure that people aren't like filming the movie. And, uh, but I wasn't convinced because I'm like, he, like, no, everyone's just like walking past him and assuming that. But like, who is this guy? And then there was also a duffel bag, Mm-mm. like an un, like an, an unmanned, like there's no one there nope. next to it. Duffel bag, like at the front of the theater. Right. I'm glad you agree because. Oh, that's a hard no. Yeah. I've told other, other people this and like, oh, it could have been anything. I'm like, or it could have been full of ammo. Like, not uh, interested. Yeah. And I went up to like the employees who again are like, who are obviously like 13. <laughs> yeah. They're children. I was like, hey, whose duffel bag is that? And they're like, oh, we don't know. And I was like, you don't know whose duffel Can bag that is? Can you figure it out? Can right. You... And I, they're like, we think it's that guy. So I'm like, um, I'd like you to find out whose duffel bag that is. Yeah. And like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. And of course they didn't. And I, I was just sitting there looking at this guy and this guy was looking at me and I was like, I think we're done. And it was it was 20 minutes after when the movie was supposed to start. And I was like, we're, we're leaving. We're going. Let's go. Oh, they like <laughs> didn't start on time. No. So like I was just sitting there like in sit like stewing in my anxiety. Yeah. There's a duffel bag on the floor. I just saw a wet Band-Aid in the bathroom. There's water all over the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I think we're done. I think we should leave. I think that's all I needed. <laughs> and yeah. we and Nick was like, Nick is a good, sweet husband. He's like, let's go. He's like, all like, right. We're done. Yeah. All right. We're done. We're not going to have a good time. And then I went like a week later with Emma and Nick to the Alamo. Oh, good. <laughs> we're like, we're going to go at like Saturday at like eight. Yeah. And there's not going to be children like putting fistfuls of French fries in their mouth and dropping uh, half of them out of them. Yeah. Sorry if your children eat French fries that way, but it's gross. <laughs> and don't buy them French fries in public. Also, Nasty. throw your Band-Aids away in the garbage. <laughs> oh, my God. Ew. Ew, 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 ew. I was so done. I was immediately done. I was like, hmm, I think we're done. But I, I wanted to see this movie so badly that I went to watch it again at a second Hell movie yeah. theater. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it's been, like, so long. Like, wasn't it supposed to release in, like, winter of this last year? And then they... That makes sense. And then they didn't release it because it did so well. Um like with the pre-screenings, they were like, oh, fuck, maybe we need to wait until summer and this will actually have a good chance of making a shit ton of money. Oh, that makes sense. Because I know that this was filmed in the height of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Which was thankfully a while ago now. Yeah, exactly. But that's why if you go on, you know, online, it says it came out in 2021 when really it's still it in definitely theaters. definitely didn't. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's very interesting. 
But you're you're saying that you like this movie. I'm saying, yeah, I think I liked it for sure. Okay. Yeah. I think I liked it. I liked it. I think it was really anxiety inducing to watch the first time but on second watch I really really liked it and we'll go into more about um you know what specifically I liked but did you like it I I I did so there's stuff I liked it and I also didn't like it so I liked it I feel like it fumbled the ending a little bit in my opinion oh okay I but I also I really like the creative team that made this movie and so I think that for that reason I was like predisposed to liking it like does, so I don't know if have you looked up anything about like the crew of this movie or like the no the tell directing? me about it okay so this movie was directed by Scott Derrickson so Scott Derrickson also directed The Exorcism of Emily Rose Doctor Strange what I didn't know that and then Sinister that's a big one yeah Sinister and he directed he also co-wrote it with um, C Robert Cargill at least the screenplay we know that the short story is by Jonah. No, not Jonah Hill. That's a different person. <laughs> Joe Hill. <laughs> Stephen King's son, Jonah Hill. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? That would be a twist. That would be hilarious. That would be a twist. No, but the screenplay was Derrickson and then this other guy, C. Robert Cargill, who the, they're, they're the same group, the duo that co-wrote Sinister and Sinister 2. Mm. And I love Sinister. Same. I love the Sinister movies. Yeah, good. Uh, we, we love them. And produced by Derrickson, Cargill, and then Jason Blum, who, again, sinister. So it's just like the whole sinister team yeah. back at it again. And then Ethan Hawke, which again, sinister. So I was like very ready to watch this movie. <laughs> and I already knew I was going to like the aesthetic. So even if the plot was completely garbage, which it wasn't, I think I would have still, this movie would have not gotten lower than like a four. <laughs> yeah. A four out of ten. Yeah. Because of the team that made it. Also, a random note but um, Blum and Derrickson, so the producer and then the director, are. I was watching a bunch of interviews because I kind of wanted to get to know them a little bit better. Yeah. And they're basically work wives. It's <gasps> very cute. Oh. Like any interviews they do, they're like talk, like talking each other up and talking about how like sweet each other is and how calm That's and sweet. Cute. Yeah, it is really cute. And then also Ethan Hawke, like one of the main reasons that he we have him in this movie because this is kind of different, especially from most movies that he's making these days. Yeah. Um, like I just watched, what was it? The Norseman, I think is what it was. Oh, it was very, it was very forgettable for me, but oh no, really? Wait, is that the one that has Anya Taylor-Joy in it? Yes. I don't like Viking movies. I I don't like Viking movies. movies. I don't like war movies and I don't like Viking movies and I don't like movies in the snow. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay. (laughs) So don't watch Game of Thrones. (laughs) Well, Game of Thrones, like it, you know, there are exceptions, but yeah, it's a lot of snow to look at, right? Like I'm just bored. <laughs> um, but Ethan Hawke, he's the grabber in this movie. He's the baddie, and he was he like got a call from Derrickson and was like, "Hey, like, are you interested in doing this movie?" And he was like, "Hell yeah!" Because he because yeah. he likes working with Scott Der- Derrickson so much because he's such a good director mm-hmm. and he like tries new things and everything that I've read and heard about him from interviews, he's basically just like very open. To, like he comes very prepared and he's like, "This is the vision that I have," but he's open to other people's input. Yeah, which I think is very cool. Yeah, in any creative team. And um, so yeah, um, Blum and Derrickson are basically just talk each other up, and then Hawk talks them up, and then they talk Hawk up, and it's just very cute. Aww. <laughs> And I liked watching Ethan Hawke talk about Sinister, um, 
because he because you know that's very different than a lot of movies that I know him for like you know like dead poet society <laughs> yeah yeah I think he's very yeah I think he has a good like horror movie face because it's like very distinct um but I feel like this is the first movie where he plays the bad guy the first yeah he so he doesn't like playing the bad guy right. he says He's very, like, he doesn't like, um, I, I'll, this, this I'll say, I could watch Ethan Hawke interviews every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, he's just like, he, it's just like a stream of conscious. Oh, like, really? Just, yeah. I've he never just, seen like, one. talks. Oh my God. He's delightful. It's like, I'm like, why am I inspired right now about <laughs> you talking? I'm very inspired by you. You're amazing. Aww. But he talks about Sinister and how Sinister was like a very special movie in his career because he had just turned, I think, like 40 or something, and he was, like, getting kind of out of the game. He was kind of taking a rest. And it was the first, uh, like, genre movie. It was getting him back into genre movies, and he was like, okay, I'm going to, like, refocus my career back into genre work, which he had yeah. kind of, like, which isn't super popular among big actors, yeah. which is why you don't see a lot of big actors in horror movies. And he was also kind of like, eh, well, you know, horror movies aren't known for, like, their acting, so he didn't think that you needed very good acting right. so like that wouldn't be a challenge for him right and then uh derrickson basically was like no like it will like it will be like yeah you have to do something you have to really like throw yourself into it and make it something different and i think he definitely did that in sinister and then he did it for definitely sure in this movie. yeah i mean <laughs> for sure he had a mask on almost the entire movie and he was still able to emote very complex yes. emotions absolutely i that i could not agree with more and the kids were fine. I like the kids. You know how I feel about kid actors, but I I loved the little girl. I liked her. I did like her. I liked them both. I liked her character and I liked her um you know, her acting style. I feel like she was she had a very intense moments and I really liked how she emoted during those. I think it's really hard to put any actor next to four-time Oscar nominee Ethan Hawke. I think that's that's tough. And also, first of all, Two of those Oscar nominations are for writing, for screenplays. This guy's crazy. I can't. I went down an Ethan Hawke rabbit hole. Look him up. He's fascinating. <laughs> He's just very artistic. He's very artistic. Creative. Yeah. Super creative. And he originally wanted to do writing before he went. He didn't really want to do acting. Then he did Dead Poet Society and it like blew up. And he was like, well, I guess I have to. I Aww. guess I have to see this out. Yeah. And then he got really into it. But um, yeah, I think it's hard to put any child actor next to like a very very acclaimed yeah actor it's like if you just took like a child actor and you're like yeah go over there next to daniel day lewis <laughs> just stand next to meryl streep for a second and let's see <laughs> how you look i think it's just like the maturity is not quite there for me like oh the way really it is, no it's just not i felt like they were amazing i i keep so i compared it in my head and i shouldn't have but I compared it in my head to signs. I knew you were going to say that. I yeah, knew you were going to say that. Culkin and Sign. Yeah. That's because that's like the standard that I have in horror. I feel like they were equal to, if not better than the kids from Signs. <gasps> Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> oh, the kids from no. Signs, what, you know, complex emotions. These children were literally getting beat by their father and yeah, having very complex, you know, emotional moments. Whereas I feel like the kids in Signs are kids, you know uh dinner table scene agree to disagree climb on top of the car scene agree to disagree there is no way that compares to your dad beating the shit out of you and you cry screaming at him she nailed that yeah that i'll give you she nailed that Mm -hmm. she nailed that um i think it's also i think it's also hard because the the focus of this movie is not ethan hawk yeah 
which was a little bit disappointing to me, but I get it. I get it. I wanted more from that character. Maybe they'll do like a prequel situation. That would be Oh, they definitely will. This is Blumhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's going to latch on (laughs) to whatever. Even if we didn't want a prequel, he's like, here's your fucking prequel. Here you go. (laughs) And we're like, all right. we do want a prequel, to be clear. We very much do. I would love a grabber prequel. Give it to me. Tell me what happened to this fucker. Yeah. I need to I want to know because they I, like spoilers but they don't really give you're not going to get a backstory for this guy right you're not really going to get a motive it's very much just like 70s stranger danger serial killer yeah and it's not about him it's about the little boy yeah and and, I, and Ethan Hawke again I watched like 80 hours of Ethan Hawke interviews today sorry not sorry <laughs> my YouTube is going to be like more Ethan Hawke and I'm going to be like yes but he he said something he was like yeah this, I, he really liked the script because it's not a portrait of the grabber it's a portrait of the young kid it is and so that's why he liked it because he didn't want the villain to be the main character yeah. versus you and I are sick in the head and we're like more. tell me more well the thing is is like they give you just enough to make you curious like they have little mm-hmm. moments where they drop you know things where you're concerned that maybe he had a similar abuse when he was a kid and it makes yeah. you ask questions and so I feel like they go into it without going into it to an extent but it makes you want more yes and I think it's also again I'm going to talk about the source material the short story but it's very true to the short story. Like even the dialogue is the same. The grabber's dialogue at least is oh, really? the exact same. Yeah. So they, they, they made it the, the, they really took the vision from Joe Hill and they put it into Ethan Hawke's grabber. I think, I think Ethan Hawke was doing a good job with the source material. I wanted more screen time, but you know, yeah, that's not what this, that's not what this movie was going for. And I can, I can let that go, but yeah. I would like a prequel. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I heard that um, he actually chose this or at least was okay with this role, even though he really didn't want to be the villain in a movie because he felt like that would more or less define how people see you in the future and what acting um, mm. jobs you can get in the future. But he liked this because there was such a heavy dependency on the mask. And I felt like his face really was visible for less than a minute total this whole movie and they would show like pieces of his face at different times but they never showed his full face and Ethan Hawke is such a very distinct face that you see him once as the bad guy and you probably can't unsee it especially if you're like a kid that's a good point I can understand not wanting to be well (laughs) so you and I you and I have would love to be typecast as villains. I would oh, love yeah. nothing more. That sounds super fun. I don't understand why you wouldn't want that. But for someone who's like a serious, like very, actor. yeah, like a very serious yeah. actor, he's like, no, I don't really want that. I just want to work with this team yeah. and do a good job with what their vision is. Yeah, so. I thought it was very Mike Flanagan of this team oh, yeah. to be like, here's this previous actor that we used in Sinister, and also yeah, the brother sure. was in Sinister too. Wait, what? Yeah, Max, the guy who plays Max. I forget his name. Um, oh, yeah, he was the cop. Yeah, yeah he was the cop in Sinister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I did think that was very Mike Flanagan and being like, these are my people. I yeah, back. Like, well, we had great times, so. <laughs> yeah, great times. And it made me really like Scott Derrickson. So, like, he's, like, on my radar. Yeah. And it makes me want to go watch The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Emily Rose, which I still haven't <gasps> seen. Oh, I it's know. so good. People love it. Yeah. It's been it's been recommended for this podcast a couple times, which is why I think, I don't know if I texted you, but it was an idea. I was like, maybe we should do like an exorcism. <gasps> oh, I'd be so down for that. Yeah. It's like down totally for that. my shit for sure. 
exorcism of Emily Rose is awesome. The the other poll that I wanted to do that Ariana vetoed, by the way, I think that I should call her out on it, was a scare my pants oh, off Oh, I didn't poll. veto it. I think we should do it, but I'm going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> something scary. You want to be scared. The next we'll poll, see. give us something that's going to make us shit our pants. I want to have nightmares. I do not want to have nightmares, but I'll do it for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it for the clerk. I don't think you guys understand. I currently live in a 700 square foot apartment in a high rise in Philly. And I'm moving to the middle of nowhere in fucking Jersey. And I'm moving into a hundred year old house with like creepy ass <laughs> fireplaces and like original everything. And it's just so awesome. But it's also incredibly spooky. And I'm going to hate oh, watching whatever you tell me to watch in that house. <laughs> I'm so excited that you finally get to be like vulnerable. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to have like Rachel or someone come sleep there with me when Will's come there. Come stay with you. <laughs> I'm going to be like, please don't go home tonight. Just Because <laughs> yeah, every night, because li- I live in like a house. It's not a big one, but it's like a house and like a subdivision. And like I check my locks like a lot. Uh, yeah, that's one thing that I'm like, this is great because I only have one point of entry. Like it's going to suck living in a house. I would be like OCD checking the locks like every hour. Oh, yeah. The windows are now a point of entry. Just saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> like what I, the hell? What am I going to do? Your cats will keep them away. Ugh, terrified. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We haven't decided on film genre. Oh, OK. What do you got? Um. So I have a few. <laughs> <laughs> OK. I have a couple as well. Tell me yours. I bet they're the same. <laughs> so I have a, I have, a, I, I have a few. So the first one I picked, it was just like my gut instinct. So I tend to go with my gut instinct first. Yeah. Uh, then I was like, that's grim, but it's belt horror. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Cause, and that's a scene we'll get to, but there's a, there's a couple of really, the, one of the few scenes that actually like hit me like, oh, that's awful. Ugh, I um, know. With a belt. Yeah. Wait, no, tell me another movie that's belt horror. I see that's I, that's why I have backups is I could not think of a belt horror but and I was like googling I cheated I was like belt horror and I was just finding like ugly belts. <laughs> <laughs> They're like we know what she wants. We know what you want. You want an ugly belt. I was like no, I need help. And I couldn't think of anything that wasn't just like really really grim. Like people getting beat with belts or hung with belts and I was like yeah. ew, gross. I don't like it. Yeah. And so I had two backups. Um which one was Stranger Danger? Mm, sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And then, uh, so that's the not as fun one. That's one like, yep, that's literally what it is. And then the third one I picked was Sinister Three. <laughs> oh, Which I thought you'd like more. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Sinister Three. Did you feel this like the, the basement wall looked like the wall that's in yes. the base, in the Sinister like, yes, movie? Yes, it did. Yeah. In the poster. Uh-huh. On, the, on like the... I almost said VHS. I'm not that old, you guys. We had DVDs when I was a kid. On the VHS. On the on the copy of the VHS that you put. My, we have listeners who never had to rewind a VHS, by the way. I'm sure we do. I mean, technology is changing so quickly. Remember when Blu-ray was like almost a thing? <laughs> Blu-ray. I, I'm just gonna say I don't. I don't. I, I don't call many things in technology because I don't know what's going on. But Blu-ray, I'm like, that's a fucking fad. Oh my that's god, it was so last. dumb. It was like, wait, but it's a DVD though. Like, what's the difference? Do you want it on DVD or Blu-ray? They're different. <laughs> I know, but it's like, what is the actual difference? There's I no do not difference. Know. <laughs> Like, never mind. It's all online. (laughs) Nothing you ever buy will have anything to put a disc into. You literally have to click your button three times on your remote and you could get really any movie as long as you're willing to pay for it, basically. Yeah, as long as you're willing to pay for it, which I, guys, I just bought Mean Girls. 
Yes. And then it went on. Yeah, but then it got on. Now it's on Netflix. I'm like, what the oh, fucking fuck? Oh, yeah, yeah. A week later, mm-hmm. it burns. It hurts a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It'll only be on Netflix for like a month, so don't worry about it. That's true. Yeah, they're going to yank it soon enough. Same yeah. thing with all these horror movies. They just yank them. I know. Dangle them in front of us, and then I take too long. I dilly-dally, uh, and I they're that. gone. Yeah, I do that with Hulu a lot. I put things on my list, and then I go back, oh, and like Hulu. everything on my list is expired, and I'm like, damn it. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> damn it, Hulu. God damn it again. <laughs> Got me again. Uh, wait, I want to tell you what my horrors are. My uh, Oh, you have genres. My genres. Oh, please tell me. Okay. I forgot the second one. The first one is... You have multiple. I have two. five genres. I have two. <laughs> Number one is obviously, which is the one I thought you were going to pick, um, balloon horror. I almost picked balloon Too horror. Too obvious. I almost did. I almost did, but you know I'm afraid of John Wayne Gacy, so I couldn't. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I was going to say. Like, no, that's too scary. Uh, yeah. We'll go into it later, but I have some more John Wayne Gacy um, info since I know you don't no. like true crime. Um, oh, damn it. And then my other one, which I feel like is pretty common. Maybe not. Obviously, phone horror. What else is phone horror? The Ring? The Ring. Like the 2000s movies where people get called on their cell phones. and oh, if one you pick up, call. Yeah, one missed call. Um, um uh the one with the babysitter yeah also yeah. there's like you know like in scream he calls her on the phone and, scream yeah scream is phone horror yeah it is definitely phone horror yeah god damn it that is a good one mm-hmm. i thought about it and i was like i couldn't think of i was like i can't think of a single god i really was my brain was shut off the only reason i know that bell. <laughs> the one miss call the ringtone that the killer uses or the ghost or whatever that was my razor my motorola razor <laughs> ringtone for like a hot second when i was younger i hope we have a good chunk of millennials listening to this <laughs> they're gonna get a hoot millennials go listen to our disturbia episode if you want to talk some millennial fashion choices oh, and shia LaBeouf. that was very <laughs> millennial heavy <laughs> very 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 but yeah you're right the, all of those are phone horror yeah I vote that it's, I'm going to take Phone Horror and Sinister 3. I Sinister 3. I can't get over that. It's so funny. Phone Horror and Sinister 3. Those are perfect. <laughs> if that doesn't explain what this movie is, like, I don't know what to tell you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Sinister 3, but where Ethan Hawke is the bad guy. But Ethan Hawke is bad now. <laughs> but still hot. He kind of was sort of a bad guy in Sinister. I mean, I feel like he was just what? trying to be his best kind of a self but dad. he also like moved into a haunted house that all of the families died in no one. and told no one about it you know you're right he wasn't a good guy yeah well, he, you know he was he definitely wasn't as bad as he is in this he movie. was a good guy he was just a bad husband a bad husband yeah he was for sure a bad <laughs> husband and i don't know if he was a husband in this movie but if he was he was a bad one he was a bad brother i don't think he was a husband i don't think he was i can imagine he was not uh, yeah <laughs> but he was a bad brother yeah yeah. Good choice. All right. Tell me Good about choice. Return on Investment. So this movie was expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah? I'm yeah, sure it was. It was. Like, you mean Ethan Hawke, right? Like, so uh, probably Scott Derrickson at this point, although I bet he would have done this for nothing just to work with his his, his work wives. Yeah. Yeah. With his babies. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it was 16 to 18 million, which is a lot for a horror movie. Yeah. Wow. Especially for... Blumhouse, which is, um, and again, I'm going to, apologies, I'm going to be interchangeably saying Blumhouse and Blumhouse. I was going to say, wait, have I been saying it wrong this whole time? I always thought it was Blumhouse. So it's, it's Blumhouse, but it should be Blumhouse. And I know his name is Blum and, I, you oh. know, I, I get that. Yeah. But it, Blumhouse is better and I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Can we just say Blumhouse? <laughs> it feels better coming out of my mouth. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're going to reinvent it. It's Blumhouse, guys. Sorry, not sorry. So... <laughs> 
he wanted to work with his people. He probably would have done this for a small amount of money. And Bloomhouse would have done this because Bloomhouse is known for like micro budget movies. That's their thing. Yeah. Sinister wasn't that huge. Uh, Paranormal Activity definitely wasn't. Paranormal. Yeah. All of those. All of those movies were pretty micro budget. That's like their thing. What and was giving the director's creative credit? What was the majority of the cost besides the actors? I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I will say the cinematography was really, really good. Yeah, but I feel like it wasn't so better I, than, you know, other... I mean, there are other movies yeah, that so are similar. That are also higher budget. I just think... Th- I don't think this is like a high budget movie, but I think it's high budget for Bloomhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Blumhouse. <laughs> yeah. What have you. But it uh, definitely... So there was definitely an investment. They're like, we think this is going to do well. And just like you said, I guess it did well in previews. And then they're like, we're going to get more money out of this. And they did. So this this made... I'll let you. I'll let you guess. Mm, I'm gonna say, like ten times more than what yeah, they spent. Yeah, so it made 115 million dollars. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot, especially since people aren't going to the theaters. Yes, yeah, like a lot of this. This doesn't count for like on demand. Yeah. Uh, money, which is a lot of money these days. I'm I'm really um interested to see how box office figures like because we're we have this huge blind spot now because yeah, of, you know streaming this huge streaming blind um blind blind spot so i'm interested to see how that's going to change but for now they're calling it 115 million and that alone is still a lot of money Mm -hmm. it's a lot of dollars so i think that this did very well financially critically i don't know i leave that up to that girl over there i leave (laughs) it up to ariana i don't look it up yeah but yeah this movie made a lot of money and i know that people are talking about it and I I did not expect it to win the poll I guess I don't know oh really I expected it to win I honestly I thought black phone would win and I thought men would come in second but I think men came in last came in last it did oh my god if anyone's listening to this and you like some a24 depressing bullshit go watch men because it's fucking awesome especially if you're uh yeah you will be incredibly depressed and you just have to be probably drunk for it otherwise you're like what the fuck am I watching I wasn't drunk enough I'll tell you yeah. that <laughs> I was not drunk enough for men oh my god but I do know that I was the target demographic for this movie oh really <laughs> they said 18 to 30 year olds mm. with 25 to 30 year olds being the majority of that yeah well it's people who grew up watching like Sinister and other Bloomhouse movies yes. and will yeah. go see it for that reason I mean the intro was very nostalgic for me I was like oh my god I feel yes, like I'm it was. watching like a an, you know the OG movies from yes. when we were little yeah I feel like I was like going to like getting dropped off at the movie theater yeah bit. it was awesome you know what I mean mm-hmm. it was it was great that was a great time yeah but should we talk about the short story or what, what do yeah you no tell me I want to know about the short story that way when we go into the movie we can be able to compare perfect so this this short story was very short um it was a total of like 7,200 words like very short it was 30 pages typed out oh wow it's pretty big font so very short yeah so you already know that there's going to be stuff that's missing from the movie but a lot of it was very very similar so um it's mostly it's it's pretty much in, like it starts instantly with the little boy getting abducted oh and it ends with him spoilers defeating the grabber and that's like it like but he never gets out of that room like the story doesn't leave the room oh wow there's still the black balloons in the back of the van is still a thing yeah which i liked that's one of my favorite parts of the movie was the black balloons yeah um the grabber's dialogue was identical so it was like it was really cool reading the story afterwards because i can hear ethan hawk saying it but it was weird because the grabber looked very very different than ethan hawk oh really what did he look like Mm mm-hmm 
He was an obese man in a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, hate that. Yeah. So, oh, and does that sound kind of gacy to you a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, wait for this part. So, he wasn't a magician. He was a part-time clown. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Didn't like that at all. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Immediately. <laughs> I kind of like that they made it a magician. I feel like the clown thing is a little bit overdone at it's this point. It's a little point. done out now. Yeah. yeah. Just because it's, it's out. been so, you know, such a big thing over the last few years. It cornered that market for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it has that market. So I, I would love to see more magician horror personally. Same. Yeah, you're right. One of, one of my favorite horror video games is magician horror that I showed you and you're like, that's gross. I'm not playing that. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, is it that one where he's like killing those women? Yeah. One where he has like the pot, the potting tool. I hate the- that. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Hey gamers, I'm talking about Phantasmagoria. Go play it. But... <laughs> Only if you like old school 90s horror video games that come on six different discs. <laughs> if that's your vibe. Which everyone does. No. Have I got a game for you? <laughs> I think we should do a Let's Play where you play that with me. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to hate it. <laughs> You're going to so hate it. Ugh. But yeah, he's a magician. He's not a clown. And he also doesn't have a mask. Oh, really? The mask was invented by the movie creators. Mm, I wonder if it had to do with Ethan Hawke not wanting his face shown. I wonder if they like worked with nope. him. Nope. It was part of the script before they gave it to Hawk. Oh, really? Hawk was like very into the masks because he thought it was very creative. And Derek had Derrickson had all these like like oh at this scene we're gonna do like the hat because there's different masks in this movie. You guys, if you've seen the trailer, you've probably seen like a couple of them, but there's a lot and they're all used for like different emotions. And well, um, the top part stays the the same, and the bottom part changes. Well, one of them I think was, if I recall correctly, wasn't there like a Phantom of the Opera style like half mask? I don't think so, but maybe I'm wrong. I could have sworn. There's a lot of masks. Yeah, but th- that part is different. Um, but they, there is a sister in the story. Okay, so it does. She's the story is not just about the boy then. It, it's mostly about the boy. Like the sister is just a vision that he has. Oh, he like remembers. He sees her, his sister seeing stuff about him. Oh, that's but interesting. He's so, he's so hungry and exhausted and fatigued. He's just he, he thinks it's just like a crazy dream. Oh. But he also recalls a time in the whenever he was younger and his oh and the sister's older. It's an older sister. Oh, that's even weirder. I kind of like the I younger know. sister. I um, I do too. But I uh, it's because I think of Emma and I'm like Emma would come get me. <laughs> and I will say whenever I was watching this with Emma, she leaned over and she's like, I know that you would. Oh, she's so cute. She goes, I know you would find me. Oh, which was really cute. I'm like, you, I would absolutely find you. I would just be kicking down. I don't have to, like Kate would be powers. burning down be houses, kicking down doors, like get out of the way, <laughs> clear, like, get out of my way. I'm getting her. But yeah, her name is Susanna. It's not Gwen. It's Susanna in the story. And she's older. And there's a scene that I really liked where he flashes back to Susanna, who in in the story and in the movie is like clairvoyant and uh, like can see stuff. Yeah. She she has visions. And that's how she's trying to find her brother who's been abducted. And in the short story, she has a it's like she has a stethoscope and they're younger, like a plastic toy stethoscope and holds it up and like is putting it on his on her brother's forehead. And then he's drawing cards and she like is reading what cards. Oh, that's weird. Seeing. I think it's cool. Yeah. She only could. She did it once, but she did it once like perfectly with like seven cards. Oh, wow. Which I, I like. I like seeing like the supernatural, like clairvoyant medium side just period I just love that but I also like whenever it's like it's a flawed science like it can't because if it's perfect it's too strong 
You mean like the fact that she used a stethoscope? Yeah, or like that she could only do she only did it once. She was not oh, able to like Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Over and over, but she got like 7 in a try. Mm. And it was like boom 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 boom. Got it. She's like that's too much to be a coincidence. But I really like that part of the story. Um there's also a lot of differences to the film as you can imagine. So there's no the dad, there's no dad story plot. Mm. Um there's there's no mom storyline at all, which I sort of expected. Yeah. I feel like the dad storyline was important. I don't know if yes. the mom storyline I felt like if that wasn't there, it, it probably wouldn't have changed much. Disagree. Like if they were like, oh, you know, if the mom died for some other reason than what she died for. I feel like it wouldn't change the movie that much. But if the dad plot wasn't there, it would drastically change character development of the kids. It would totally change the movie. Should we talk about that now? Let's talk about <laughs> that now. I want to talk about that. Let's talk about the, di- the dad. I want to talk about the dad of this movie. Okay. Or should we just talk about it when it comes up? Um, Should we hold it in? Let's talk about, let's finish talking about the um, story first. Oh, it's so hard when I disagree <laughs> with you so much. <laughs> um, also, it's, there's only one victim that he talks to on the phone in the story. Oh. So it's, ju- it's just Bruce. Oh, wow. I kind of like that he talks to multiple. Oh, me too. I thought that was really good. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't have the, the relationship with him that he does in the movie, he knows him and like they played baseball together, but it's not like they have a much stronger connection in the movie, which we'll get to. And, um, there's no belt scene, which I thought would have been really oh good. Oh my God. That's like such a good part. It's such a, it's a really good part. Ugh. But like the, there's a the, the line when he came, when he's like, well, why did you come down here? When the grabber comes down is just talking to him. He's like, well, why did you come down here? If you're not going to feed me. And he goes, well, I just wanted to look at you. Yeah. That's weird. in the story. That's fucking so You can weird. thank Joe Hill for that line. Yeah. That line is what did it. I was like, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bleh, I don't like it. Yeah. So those are those are the similarities and the differences, but there's a, there's a lot more to talk about That's with this so movie. so cool. I feel like they really did, like, I didn't feel like there was fluff added. I feel like everything they added was appropriate, in my opinion. I agree. And that's what I'm saying when I say, like, this didn't feel like a short story. Yeah, I agree. Until the end. The end felt a bit like a short story. The end felt honest. very like um, they ended it and everything's fine. and Time to tie it all together. Yeah. And I was like, Mer-. and everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we should we talk about this movie? Should yeah. We talk about the plot? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start telling you a story. Um, just so everyone knows, this is a very long synopsis because this movie is extremely dense and you won't understand the ending unless I give you way too many details. So (laughs) So sorry, sorry about it. (laughs) Um, okay. So this movie opens on a bunch of middle school age boys. They're playing a baseball game. Um, we have the main character named Finn who's 13 and he's pitching to another kid named Bruce. Um, when I was watching this, I felt like that kid, first of all, the kid who plays Finn, he's going to be like a really attractive man when he grows Ew, up. Ew, uh, canceled. <laughs> You're so canceled. I'm not saying he's attractive now. I'm saying he's going to be attractive. He's got good features. You know what? You know who I think he looks like? And I feel like this is not something that people are going to know. But there's an actor, I had to look up his name. His name's Edward Burns. And he's like a character mm-hmm. actor. Um, but he's like a middle-aged white guy and he kind of plays like a douchebag in like a lot of rom-coms. Um, but he looks like a young version of this dresses. actor. Yeah, he's in 27 and Dresses. also Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's was in that primarily, but... One Miss Call. Yeah. <gasps> Phone horror, it all ties back Phone together. Phone horror. He does look like this guy, doesn't he? He looks like... This guy is 54, so yeah. like... I can see, yes, I agree. I think it's the, I think it's the eyes and the chin. Yeah, he has like a similar it's the hooded eyes and the pointy chin Mm -hmm. and like the kind of thin lips yeah exactly doesn't sound like an attractive person but this 54 year old man is 
cute. Yeah, he's cute. So this kid is, what? mark my words, he's going to be a cutie when he gets older. Just say. He's going to be a cutie. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Finn, he <laughs> <Canceled>. keeps. <laughs> Cancel me. I don't fucking care. <laughs> she said what she said. I said what I said. <laughs> Finn keeps looking over to the stands and there's like this girl sitting there and she's like cheering for him. And we're presumed, we're presuming that he has a crush on this girl, but she's like half ass paying attention, which I think is funny. Um, and so Bruce hits a home run yeah, and he wins the game and Finn is like kind of sulking. But then at the end of the game, Bruce tells Finn that he's a really good pitcher and that he almost had him. And he says, your arm is mint, which I think is an awesome seventies phrase. And I'm totally going to use that in really inappropriate scenarios. (laughs) Ew. Uh, no. (laughs) Oh, not like that, Kate. (laughs) Canceled twice. Not like that, Kate. <laughs> I meant inappropriate. Like, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to use it anyway. Well, I have a... So that's not what he said. He didn't say your arm is meant in the short story, but he said... What did he say? I have it right here. He said, you were dirty. Oh, that's weird. That's dirtier. But he was like, you were dirty, meaning like you like played really hard. And then Finney got like... Finney was like flustered. Oh. He was, like, oh this, like this really big players like talking to me and all he said was good game and he was like really insecure like shit why did I say good game I should have said something cool like you were dirty oh and then later on the phone because we'll get there but you hear Bruce on the phone he says uh you need to be dirty on the phone oh interesting I kind of like the way they went with this one because I feel like there's too much of this like insecure whatever like talking to other guys like I hate that like I I like seeing kids support each other and I feel like this was cute because it was like yeah he was like a he was definitely an older kid and he came up to him and it seemed like he was gonna say something mean but then he said like oh congrats like you have a good arm basically it was awesome well that's what you were dirty means too he's like yeah like you like you went hard oh I thought he meant like you played dirty like you know it's like a oh okay okay cute love it yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that was like something that I would have known if I had grown up in the 70s. I felt like this was like a very 70s colloquial movie. Like there was like at one point oh. Gwen says that something is crucial and I love that. Wait, is crucial not like a thing people say? What do you say that? Yeah, crucial. <laughs> I think I say critical. Crucial. Yeah, but she she said it like instead of like the word oh, cool, yeah. she it's says like sling. It's like yeah. slang. She's like, oh, it's so crucial. Yeah, I love that. Crucial. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should bring that back. I know. I feel like that's a cool one. We'll we'll bring. We it are back. tired of the '80s nostalgia. It's been done to death. I love '80s nostalgia. Don't get me wrong. I will watch <laughs> if if I. We literally had an '80s clowns? poll like two weeks ago. And th- that I wanted to do, and I wanted to do another one. Yeah. But they didn't pick the movie I wanted. It's fine. <laughs> pick the right one this JK, time. JK, they did, they did Fright Night, and I was pleased. I was thrilled. Yeah. I love 80s nostalgia. I just feel like if I feel like if we were making more 80s nostalgia movies, I would be like, stop it. Yeah, that's fair. Does that make sense? I agree. Because at this point, it doesn't seem earnest. Although, it seems like we're yeah. cashing in. I do feel like the 70s nostalgia was big before the 80s nostalgia was a thing. Like well, I, th- I mean, like chronologically, I would assume so. No, I mean, like I mean, like with our generation, like I feel like there was like a '70s fashion, you know, revival right before the current '80s fashion revival. I think '70s is happening now too. I feel like it's just the tail end of it, though. 
I think you're right. And I think Stranger Things has pushed us back into the 80s Yeah, again. everyone loves Stranger Things. Yeah. Everyone sure. loves Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Not everyone. <laughs> um, so then the next scene is Bruce riding his bike home. That's the guy who hit the home run. And he's in like mm-hmm. a really good mood because he won the game for his team. But then you see a, a windowless black van drive from around the corner and then everything on camera Rarely goes Rarely a good sign. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oh my God. <gasps> it's so scary. Um, so then we cut to Finn who's eating breakfast with his dad and his dad is like an angry Charlie Manson looking dude. Um, oh yeah. Very Charlie Manson. Like blue collar Charlie Manson. Yeah. <laughs> and his dad's like reading a newspaper. Did you see the date on the newspaper? No, I didn't. It was Friday, October 13th. I know. Why some do I love that dates. so much? I know. I was like, I rerounded. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that is some fan service right there. We're like, give it to give us. Give me the spookiest day We're of the your year. Demographic. Yeah. Um, Why isn't this set at Halloween? <laughs> I know, right? They were like Halloween. It's too obvious. Let's do Friday the thirteenth in October. <laughs> More pumpkins. Yeah. Um, so his dad's like really hungover, and Finn and his sister are like tiptoeing around him, basically. Um, and then he gets mad at them for being loud. And you can kind of tell. I think that's a thing. They're like scared of him. Um, yeah. And you kind of at this point get the impression that he can be pretty abusive. If you're tiptoeing around your family and like afraid to shut doors and stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. Because at some point she like drops. She's like getting bread or something. She like drops the like the door or something and it makes like a little clattering noise and she like winces and she's like oh god like sorry <laughs> I take it back they, they're they good actors yeah they're really good actors yeah. I like them they're cute they're good actors she especially is really good I know I freaking love this girl she's it's awesome just hard yeah it's just hard next to Ethan Hawke <laughs> she doesn't even come into contact with Ethan Hawke no but in the same film oh okay okay fair got it it's, it's a little t- he like he's just such a good actor she's literally like 12 years old so <laughs> yeah I know no exceptions <laughs> Kate's like you need to be Ethan Hawke level or I don't or like get it. off this or train. get the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> no she was good she was good I'm I'm harder on uh child actors yeah I'm, I'm a lot I just especially no, I'm not gonna get into I'm not gonna get into Stranger Things right now no I feel the same way about Stranger Things <laughs> I, I'm not gonna get there are some that. actors in Stranger Things that are amazing and there are some that are not and some of them were hired when they were older and it shows is all I'm saying <laughs> yeah that's um, all I'm saying but continue anyway continue with dad so um so then it shows Finn and his sister Gwen who are walking to school um and Gwen is really feisty and she like curses a lot and I feel like it's just really refreshing to see kids getting along with their siblings in movies for once angry supernatural little girl hell fucking yeah I get it I get it I totally get it yeah I also sibling I I love the sibling I hate when they like are constantly showing like sibling rivalry it's just like I'm bored of it I'm like show me siblings that get along that are like friends with each other (laughs) show me something that doesn't happen in real life uh I mean me and my brother were this close I feel like that's there you so you had a you have a brother I have two sisters yeah it different I don't understand the (laughs) sister dynamic at all so different I don't even understand it that's all I have (laughs) and Austin but Austin see I guess you're right I don't even think about it because Austin my brother or like like adopted brother is like so like just chill and far removed from the drama that it's like oh is that what it's like to have a brother (laughs) (laughs) yes I'm like Austin did you hear what she did you hear what she said and he's like "Uh uh-uh he's like no I didn't hear and he's like only like 10% listening (laughs) He's not. He just, he's like, no. He's like, I don't need this. <laughs> no, thanks. 
Yeah, so I, I, I guess I do like the the siblings. I really like when siblings get along in movies. I agree. Same, yeah. And I really like that they're, like, not the same gender. Like, I like that they show, like, a little sister who's, like, always an annoying character in movies. She's actually, like, a badass bitch. And she, like, at some point in the movie, literally beats up bullies that are beating up Finn. And it's mm-hmm. awesome. And she's, like, throwing rocks at people. She's just cool. I like her. She does throw rocks hard. She fucking beat a guy's head with a rock and made him bleed. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, don't mess with her brother. <laughs> don't do it. Mm-hmm. I felt like this was very similar to me and my brother just because I'm definitely the savage one. And my brother's just like, la, la, la. Like, <laughs> not a fight. <laughs> we have to be savage. I know. We have to be. We grab rocks. <laughs> grab the biggest rock. Grab it. <laughs> um, so they're talking about... Uh, they're talking about Bruce and how he's abducted recently um, by the guy that the newspapers are calling the grabber. And at this point, Gwen is concerned that they're not going to find him alive. Um, so then they're walking and they find that there's these kids fighting in the front yard of the school. And one of the fighters is a school bully named Moose. I love that name. Um, <laughs> Such a bully name. I think that's, correct me if I'm wrong. But the Sam Raimi original Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure that's the bad guy's name. Like the high school student Is it? picks on Peter Parker. I I, I don't oh know for God. a fact, but I would bet $5 right now that his name is Moose. That's awesome. I wonder if they did that on purpose. If that's It's just true. like a bully name. You know Moose. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you were a bully, you wouldn't be like, call me Moose. You'd be like, I feel like that's I not think, a have good you met name a moose? to have. No. They're, they're huge and aggressive. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like a person named Moose. <laughs> I was like, wait, have I just like dodged all mooses my whole life? That's like, the most popular boy name of 1993. You haven't met a moose I was like, before? is everyone in Mississippi named Moose? <laughs> We're all named Moose and McKaylington. <laughs> That's it. Yes, I've met a moose IRL. <laughs> They're scary as fuck. They're definitely bigger than you expect. Yeah, they're huge and they're scary. So I think it's a good bully name. It is, but they're kind of like dorky. I mean, if you're going to be named like after a badass animal, I feel like moose is a dumb one to be. You know what I think is a better one? What? Mongoose. (laughs) They'll fuck you up. They'll fuck you up. There's so many, yeah, there's so many better ones than moose. Anyway, um, so they imply that this guy has beaten up Finn before. So he's like this cool bully, whatever. And he's like fighting this little Mexican kid who's kicking his ass epically. And we find out that the Mexican kid's name is Robin. And I tried so hard to find out if the kid in real life is named or is um, actually Mexican because I was like, oh, I wish he was. Because he kind of has like a Mexican voice, which sounds weird. But if okay, guys, Ariana is Mexican. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I'm not just like she's white. You're like calling the police right now. <laughs> She can say these things. Like, I feel like Mexican (laughs) men have a specific voice, and this kid has that voice. But he's, uh, I also looked up so much shit about him. I couldn't find if he was Mexican or not, but I did find that he is actually a model, primarily, and an actor as, like, a secondary thing. So I thought that was pretty cool. I wish. That'd be so, what is he, 13? I know, right? He's got two jobs. Actually, that sounds bad. That doesn't sound good. That sounds kind of terrible, actually. (laughs) Oh, I was, like, jealous. I'm like, oh, no. Actually, I think I was, like, I was still, like, riding bikes around my neighborhood and, like, Oh, yeah. Being an idiot. Playing Sims, no. <laughs> oh, I was playing Sims day one. <laughs> At, in the womb. Don't even, don't tempt me. I will talk about my Sims. Oh, no, God. You, better, you better keep going. Oh, God. She's a witch vampire hybrid and she's doing very well. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Wait, what's her name? 
Um, her name is oh I forgot because I just changed it because she's Polynesian but her name was Reagan and then today I was like I don't like that your name is Reagan and I changed it but I don't remember what to mm. oh my god they're they I changed their pronouns too mm. okay okay I like Reagan though I mean reminds me of the exorcist well that that's why I picked it so their name was Reagan Cullen um, and I picked Cullen because of you because <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> my ironic love for Twilight Unironic. Unironically it's not ironic, ironic at this point. <laughs> <laughs> You're obsessed with tri- Twilight. And I was like, I'm going to name it Reagan Cullen. I don't think I even told you this because you love The Exorcist and you love Twilight. Yeah, I didn't I'm gonna know name, this. I was like, I'm going to name them Reagan Cullen. <laughs> but but they're Polynesian. So like it doesn't look quite right. That their name is Reagan Cullen. So I changed it. Keep us updated. I just changed it. Anyway. Oh, well, they're they're actually, they're human, but they're a drug dealer. They deal MDMA. They press it in their house. Oh, my God. It's a mod. But their wife is um, half vampire, half witch, and they just bought a restaurant, and they're doing very well. Wait, so these are, like, like, eth- like ethnicities, I guess. No, 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 no. How can you be a half witch, half vampire? So their mom was a vampire, is a vampire, um, and their dad is a witch. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. It's just a little weird. Ariana is really trying. Okay. She's like, okay, I hear ya. Sounds fun. I mean, I played Sims when I was younger and it was just like, oh, I'm going to get a job as a rock star. Like I'm going to decorate my house. Times a change in Ariana. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> my Polynesian witch vampire family is doing beautifully. I'm so glad you asked. Sorry. Back to the grabber. I will stop talking about my sin. <laughs> During the school day, Gwen gets called into the principal's office and there's two detectives and they ask to speak with her and tell her that they heard from Bruce's sister, Bruce is the guy who got abducted, that Gwen yeah. had a dream that Bruce was abducted in a black van with a man, by a man with black balloons and then yeah. they say that they found black balloons at the scene of the crime and ask her yeah. how she knows that since they didn't release that info to the public and mm-hmm. she reveals that sometimes her dreams are true um i love the detectives and her i love detectives and detectives and gwen i love that i love every scene that they're yeah in because there's like obviously a smart one and one that keeps making terrible decisions and has no empathy <laughs> and so she just like just like in real p- life he's like pissing her off and she's just like handing him like curse word after curse word i think at this point she calls them fart knockers or something yeah or fuck something like she's really cursing like it's pretty badass um <laughs> It, she's so young looking and she's so innocent looking and it's like, uh, yeah. is this girl okay? Like, is she going to be okay after this movie's no. done? She's going to be better than okay. She's going to be vicious. Yeah, she's going to be a savage. <laughs> um, so then it's the end of the day and Finn gets chased in the bathroom by a bunch of bullies and Robin, the badass Mexican kid, is walking in and he starts like washing the blood off his hand from the fight earlier and tells yeah, the yeah. bullies that... He would fuck them up if they try fucking with Finn again, and he asks Finn to come over to his house later to help tutor him, to which Finn agrees. They seem to have, like, a little friendship. Like, they've known each other, and, like, yeah. he's tutored for Yeah, you him. can tell they have, like, a little symbiotic relationship. Yeah, very symbiotic. Symbiotic. Um, symbiotic, homoerotic, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Did you get homoerotic vibes from them? A little. Hmm. Interesting. If they had, like, you know, held hands after that scene, I wouldn't have been shocked. Wow. I never got that vibe. 
you know, I think everyone's gay until proven straight. I know. So. I'm interested to hear about <laughs> the end of this part when we talk about the grabber. But anyway. Um, oh, no. So then <laughs> Finn and Gwen are walking home from school and Gwen turns off to go to her friend's house for a sleepover mm-hmm. and she sleeps over at a friend's house every Friday. And that night Finn. That'd be so fun takes care of his drunk dad and falls asleep watching some random horror movie. It's not as fun. And so the next morning, Finn wakes up to his dad beating the shit out of Gwen with a belt. And it's like horrifying because I feel like in modern movies, they don't really show like violence towards children. And Gwen's like crying, like real crying, like crying how babies cry. Like it's, it's like a full cry and all of her lungs, all of her lungs until the air is out. She's screaming. Yeah. And she's angry crying too. It's not just like, you know, it's a lot of emotion, but um, apparently he's pissed at her because the detectives came to talk to him at work and asked about how Gwen knew about the black balloons. And he's like telling her that her dreams aren't real. And then we find out that Gwen's mom, Gwen and Finn's mom had clairvoyant dreams too, and that she actually committed suicide. Um, and that was yeah. somehow related to her clairvoyancy. Um, yeah. And so she, she, the dad is like, she saw and she heard things and that drove her to suicide. And also I don't think it doesn't sound like the dad was like the most supportive, honestly, of the mom. Yeah. I mean, my interpretation I agree. I also think that a big part of his motivation is like probably to keep her from getting to that point too, because he's probably scared yes. that she's going to do that also, but he just doesn't know how to be a better person about it. No. Well, that's why I'm shocked that you didn't, you thought that you could just take out the mom subplot and it would be the same because that's, that's the, the dad's motivation. Yeah. For being an so asshole. That's, yeah. Like, so the dad is like a character that I absolutely expected to be a stupid character like, I, I, I think I physically rolled my eyes whenever he was, like, this sounds mean, but whenever he was, like, drunk and they were, like, tiptoeing around, I'm like, oh, great, another, let's be honest, like, King-esque yeah. abuse of alcoholic blue-collar father trope. I'm like, we've seen it, we've done it, like, it's boring to yeah. me. And so I found myself impressed. Yeah. Maybe a little pleased. I know that's fucked up, but whenever they fleshed out his character. He's he's complex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, he's like really grieving. Like it's like this severe grief over his wife's suicide and this like protective love for his children, especially his daughter that, oh, that that's his motivation. I really I really like character motivation. I thought it fleshed him out a lot. Yeah. And it made him a much more compelling character than just if he was like an abusive alcoholic dad, which is what I thought they were doing. Wow, you're right. Bored. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that until now that like all of his motivation is really just like fear. Um, I guess I didn't just realize grief that. Grief and fear. Yeah. Grief I guess I fear, just assumed like girl. what you said, it was more um, superficial than that. But mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. I guess that is, you know, there is no dad plot without the mom plot. So I agree with you. Yeah. And none of that was in the story. So I, I thought that was a very good addition. Whoever's, whoever wrote that <laughs> did a good job. I think that a big part of like the B plot of this or like the undertones of everything is the cycle of abuse and I feel like this definitely Mm -hmm. adds to that and it fleshes it out even more and it makes it even more complex which I can appreciate because spoiler I mean the freaking grabber there's implications that he was abused as a child as well oh hard especially in the story it's in there too yeah yeah well I mean the fact that there's a basement that he knows about and there's a phone in yeah exactly he says oh this ever since I was in here this blah 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 and you're like okay so you were here why were you in here yeah 
it's a problem. It's a big old problem. Yeah. And also the fact that his brother isn't super mentally stable either. I feel like they probably nope. also, yes. both of them suffered some sort of trauma. For sure. For sure. But anyway, so the next scene they show Robin walking and the black van comes around the corner and everything fades to black and the the neighborhood is notified of the new abduction. Everyone's upset and Finn's very upset since he was very Mm -hmm. close to Robin. And so Finn and Gwen are walking home from school again and Gwen turns off um, to go to her weekly sleepover. And at this point, Finn's walking home and suddenly there's a windowless van um, in his way and a man wearing black sunglasses and a top hat and I don't know if he's wearing a cape at this point maybe um no cape cape. he Mm -mm. drops a bunch of shit in front of um in front of Finn as he's walking and Finn is like sort of polite and bends down to help him pick it up and while he's doing that the man opens his van door distracts him with a bunch of black balloons and then sprays something in his mouth and throws him into the van which is terrifying I really didn't like the part where he sprays something into his mouth because I was like what are you spraying into this child's mouth that's in the um story too so in the story he's not so in the movie he goes hey like he's like oh I'm just a clumsy oh silly me oh I'm dropping all my stuff oh goofy me and then Finn sweet boy comes up and helps him don't do that yeah we so you and I grew up after Silence of the Lambs yeah we know not to do that we're like oh sucks to be you sounds like that's a really hard couch to put in that van do you know which serial killer (laughs) did that first do you know what that's based on Ooh, uh, yes, Jeffrey Dahmer, I think. No, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me. Um, it's the one that was in Florida when my mom was a teenager in Florida. Yes. Ted Bundy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy did that. Fucking he Ted would Bundy. wear casts and have crutches and be like, hey, help me find my puppy. Help me put stuff in my van. Absolutely not. People would do it. People would do it. Girls would do it. This is why women are bitches to people in public because you can't fucking trust anyone. That's how I feel about oh, it. Oh, 100%. No, I don't. No, I'm like, don't talk to me. Yeah. I don't even look at people. <laughs> Kate, you to talked me. to so many people. When we were here in Philly, you talked oh, to everyone. Lie, I was like, right. I was like I Kate, did. stop talking to everyone. Holy shit. I can't. I, so like in the South, you talk to everyone. <laughs> Kate literally says hi to every single person that walks by her. And the Philly people <laughs> look at her like she's nuts. They're like, what? The? <laughs> They're like, what do you want from me? Like, don't fucking make eye contact with me so like I just I recently flew so I'm from Mississippi and I recently flew back to Mississippi and I was like wow these people are like really friendly like these are my people (laughs) I knew everyone's business like we're friendly and we're nosy like we're taking notes on your business oh really oh Jesus (laughs) that's Mississippi oh we're so nosy Mississippi (laughs) but yeah so like I talk to everyone but I'm like whenever I'm like at a bus station or like I have to like walk to a parking lot at work, I have my mace, not like, not just like dangling in my purse. Like it's in my hand and my fingers on the trigger. So I can just like, yeah. and then I have like a really big Yeti thermos that's like very heavy that has a really big handle. So I can just like clock Beat someone, someone in the chin. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And I walk with people and I still, I still know I, I'm prepared yeah. Isn't that sad? You should be. Go watch men, you guys. No, yeah. <laughs> if you definitely need to watch men, if you have any sort of fear of these things that we're talking about. Cause it's, of men. Of men. And, well, not men, but I guess like the concerns behind a lot of these stranger danger things, I guess. And you mentioned the thing that he sprays in his mouth. And so. In, yeah. What is that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me what it was. Cause I Googled it and I couldn't find it. 
No. So, like, I always talk, I, I joke about fast acting chloroform on this yeah. podcast because, you know, in horror movies, they're like, oh no. And it's a, you know, a fistful of chloroform in a rag and they're just like out in two seconds. And in real life, it takes, it takes like way longer than that. minutes, like yeah. a long time of like huffing chloroform. Yeah. Because <laughs> I used to work with chloroform when I did a lot of research. Yeah, in the story, I don't know what the chem- I don't know what the literal chemical is, but in the story, you know, in in the movie, he's like, "Hey, you want to see a magic trick?" He's like, "Oh, I've dropped all my things. Oh, hey, kid, you want to see a magic trick?" And then sprays him in the mouth and like throws him in the van. And in the story, it was just as scary. It was like this very obvious like act of, "Oh, I've dropped my things. Mm. Oh, darn it. Oh, I'm such a buffoon." But he's a clown, and he goes, "Do you want to see a balloon animal or something like that?" And then sprayed something right in his face and then mm-hmm. he was like blind in the book he was he like couldn't see yeah i think that was the for... implication here too like it causes him to both pass out and then have like temporary blindness for like the next day like not yeah, blindness like but like his whole his face. vision sucks yeah yeah i don't know what it was i was trying to figure out like what exactly they sprayed but it was really gross and i hated it because he was like screaming and his mouth was open and he just like Ugh. sprayed it into his mouth and i was like oh god Hate Can that. we just talk for a minute about how our parents? Cause I think both of our both both of our parents were like seventies children. Yeah, and they have you have your parents ever mentioned like, oh yeah, things were just different back then. Like we could just go to each other's houses and. I, I mean, my dad grew up in like East LA in the Mexican oh, so ghetto, so <laughs> he didn't have the white people like <laughs> stranger danger serial killer thing. But I feel like my mom's had that conversation with me too. Both of my parents grew up in like the sticks and it was like oh yeah like it was different you know we could just like ride our bikes everywhere and then I'm I would have to show and they, they get it now but like for yeah. a while I would have to show them be like hey you see all these serial killers that existed in the 70s and the 80s must have been nice to not have that like imagine a world where none of that had happened yet like I feel like I would totally be trusting of everyone you know you would be but my mom still got chased yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She still got chased and she, you know, so did many people. It's just we didn't have like news. You know, it wasn't like national news. We weren't finding, we weren't catching people. Right. So it just happened all the time. And and they talk, they, they touch on it because there's a lot of 70s aesthetic in this movie. And I think the milk, the, the milk cartons especially with the pictures printed on it. Like we didn't grow up with kids on milk cartons. You know what I mean? But our parents really did. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like, have you seen this child? Because kids were just getting freaking abducted. Yeah. Stranger Danger was very real. Versus you and I, we were like four and we learned like Stranger Danger. Yeah. Windowless van was like the trope everyone learned about like right off the bat. It's like, don't trust these vans. Did I tell you about my mom in the crochet window van? Ew. No, tell me. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. All right. So my mom has had several incidents as most women have. And one of them was she was sitting in a, my mom's a pharmacist. She works at a hospital. She's a pharmacist. And she was a pharmacist and she was sitting in her van, I think, um, eating a sandwich because we were like babies. And so she, she had a van. And so she was eating a sandwich for lunch and sitting in her car in a white van with crocheted blankets hung up over the tinted nope. windows. Yep. Like came in really hot and like came in really fast and came up next to her in the parking lot and pulled open his Mm -mm. side door and jumped out and my mom like very quickly because it's it was hot and you don't you know it's the south so you have the doors open when you're in your parking and you're when you're in your car you're not going to run the ac so you have the doors open and she shut the doors as fast as you could and the guy ran up (gasps) and she locked the door and the guy looked at her and like smiled what the hell she said and she said okay she said it's time to go yeah which is very badass of my mom she goes it's time to go 
And the guy laughed and then just got back in his van and drove away. I feel like that is a badass thing to say, but it's also a very polite thing to say. It's time to go. Well, what are you going to say? I would rage. Get the fuck out of here. Like, fuck off. <laughs> I think same. I think you're going to get the same response, right? Like, he couldn't get you. He tried, and you were too fast. Oh, my God. That's crazy, and that's terrifying, and, like, ugh, that pisses me off so much. Things that men don't think about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have many other stories about my mom that I'm going to save for other episodes. Oh my God. So. Well, I grew up in Florida, so I have a lot of Florida stories, too, that are pretty Ooh. chilling that I don't want to bring up. <laughs> My mom is from Florida. Oh, this happened in Florida? Oh, wait, no, this happened no, in this Mississippi. No, this happened in Mississippi, yeah. but she's your people. She is my people. <laughs> she understands. Everglades people. Honestly, like, when I was growing up, I didn't think about it, but in retrospect, I'm like, what the actual fuck was everyone doing with their lives? It's just, like, fucking crazy. But anyway. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> Finn wakes up on a mattress in a basement, and there's... Oh, that's where we are. ...concrete Damn. walls and a single, small, really high-up window... Um, and there's also a single black kind of old timey landline phone on the wall. Um, and that's, yeah, it's like, it's like a rotary phone. Yeah. And there's basically, it's just like one giant room with a mattress and a phone. And then there's like a very small, like bathroom toilet in the other room. Um, that's exactly like the short story, by the way. Yeah. Like all of it is very much like the short story. Like that's the whole awesome. set is perfect. Yeah. And you know, Joe, Joe, I keep wanting to say Jonah Hill, Jonah that's a different Hill. person. Joe Hill was an executive producer on oh, good. this movie. That's awesome. Yeah, very good. So he was like, this is He was this like, is this is I my want. vision. Yeah. Yeah, but also Scott Derrickson must have been, because I'm sure he's a director. He has creative control. This is Blumhouse or Blumhouse or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and they're all about directorial control. But I think it says a lot that he's like, no, I want to keep it very faithful to the source material. Yeah. That's my little aside of, yay. That's awesome. Go this, go this team and I'll watch any movie they want, they make, including the prequel to this one. So, Oh, my God. Make a prequel. Throwing yeah. that out there. I would like a grabber prequel. <laughs> yeah. But don't tell me it's the grabber prequel until I'm watching it. And then all of a sudden I realize <laughs> it's the prequel. And I'm like, what the fuck? Dun, dun. <laughs> I will sit. And I don't care. There can be a wet band-aid in every sink. I will watch that movie. <laughs> The floors completely drenched. <laughs> drenched and sticky waiting, at the same time. Waiting to my theater. <laughs> Ew. Gross. So then the man who abducted him comes in and he's wearing a terrifying mask. The grabber. Yeah, the grabber comes in. He's his mask has two parts. And so the top part is basically goes from his nose up and it has like devil horns and mm -hmm. the bottom part is like an interchangeable piece that is either a grin or a frown and it's like a demonic grin or like a demonic frown and it's like yeah. depending on the scene and what's going down like I guess he sometimes leaves the bottom part off sometimes he just wears the bottom part with no top um but it's like a really cool dynamic mask and did you see why they make um they made it a devil thing no. Like they said that like the old timey magician acts, there would be like two parts. And the first part, the magician is playing himself and doing magic tricks that way. And then the second part is him as the devil doing magic mm. tricks. And so oh. there's like this kind of, you know, interconnectedness of the devil and a magician that they wanted to portray. 
that's super cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. Oh, that's really cool. And you know, I liked it not knowing that. I was still like, wow, these yeah, are some same. Dope I was like, this guy's just trying to be creepy as fuck, and it's fucking and working. it's working. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally Ugh. working. I like that. Mm -hmm. I feel that's like so I want to see a magic show like that too. That'd be pretty. cool. Oh, for sure. One hundred percent. I would kill to see like a devil magic show i feel like it would be they could do some pretty funny jokes too with that i think oh for sure a lot of them should we get into magic are we doing this <laughs> okay here's the thing i've kind of had an obsession with magic forever but it's <laughs> never been cool and it will never be cool like so. sleight of hand like magic yes <laughs> wait really oh my yes God. were you like michael scott yeah i went to i went to magic camp <laughs> i did not go to magic camp but I wish I could have. I wish there was a magic camp to go to. But yeah, sleight of hand and stuff like that. Really into it. I feel like you could be like my assistant for sure. That would be so weird because I'm like twice your height. But yeah, I'll do it. That's that. So that's what I thought would be even like funnier. funnier yeah, I'd do yeah. It. <laughs> I was like, you're my like eight foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine like a sequin like outfit, <laughs> yeah. and I'm in a cape. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. I'm so into I'm just, it. You know, Let's do I'm just it. talking out loud. Just <laughs> you're like, mm, theoretically, would you be into this? I'm, I'm like, just, yes. you know, I'm not into it unless you're into it. And then I'm very into it. <laughs> then I'm very, very into it. And then I'm ready for it. And our outfits are ordered. <laughs> They're already in my Amazon it's cart. It's a click of a button. They're in the cart. <laughs> Sorry, I get sidetracked. I get excited. <laughs> um, so at this point, the man who abducts him the grabber is wearing a creepy grin and he is like sitting on the mattress with him and like strokes his hair and has a line where he says i won't make you do anything you won't like and yeah i feel like story too at this point i'm like okay so this is strong pedo vibes and yeah. i feel like whatever's gonna happen the motivations are at least partially sexual do you agree i just want to look at you so i don't know it's like it's one of those things where it's like is it sexual because it's sexual or is it sexual because you were sexually abused? Mm. And I know that might be like six and one half a dozen of the other to some people, but for me, it's not. For me, it's very different. And the grabber's storyline and what is kind of conveyed through his familiarity with the basement, um, like, oh, yeah, like I, that, that phone hasn't worked since I was a kid. And he's just very familiar with this basement. And like, yeah, I've heard the phone a few times instantly I'm like you were abused down here yeah and if there's one thing that I understand about abuse is that it's like a cycle so people that are abused are predisposed to abusing other people because of their environment and their lack of resources so I see this as if it's not something overtly sexual it's at least a manifestation of abuse which I foresee as being sexual abuse yeah no I agree I think it's my head canon is sexual abuse yeah it's like hard to say like what is it sexual because he has such a strong release from violence or is it sexual because it's sexual inherently and I think the answer is probably that it's sexual inherently or at least that's what I think and the reason I think that is because of this scene where he starts having like these you know, these lines where he's saying, like, I'm not going to make you do anything you don't like, um, you know, stroking yeah. his hair. And if this was more about the violence and then sexual as like a second effect, I don't think he would have said those things up front. Why is it always little boys? 
It's it's exclusively little boys. He had all of this stuff happen to him when he was younger. Yeah. That's I mean that's that's at least my headcanon. It's not a happy one, but I feel like that's what it is. God, maybe I don't want a prequel. <laughs> maybe I don't want to know. I mean, I agree with you. I think it'll be really hard for them to make a prequel that's not incredibly disturbing, but I challenge them. Yeah, I challenge Blumhouse, Blumhouse. They did it kind of in this one because there are literal dead children shown on screen. Yeah, there are. They don't show anything sexual happening to this kid, but they do have this scene, which is a very strong implication that it might happen. And you're sitting in the theater and you're like, what the fuck am I going to see? Going to be terrible. Yeah, that's true. I remember I remember sitting in my seat and being like, is this PG-13 or R? Because that's going to. Yeah, but it is R though, but it's, isn't it? It is, but yeah, but the little girl said the F word like five times. So I'm like, oh. I honestly can't think of why this is. I feel like they could have gone a lot further with an R rating. I don't, besides like showing dead children and this scene specifically, like I can't think There's of a reason. There's some violence. There's some violence later on that I think you're would be right. a bit much for a PG-13 audience. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it gets R later. But no, not not in the way that it could have. Right, right. And the little girl gets beat. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so yes, it's like for violence does. probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then he says, like, the basement is soundproofed, so don't bother screaming. And also the landline doesn't work, but it will ring for no reason, and it might just be static or something. Yeah, he's like, I, I, I've heard it when I was a kid. I think it's static electricity. And he kind of panics at first whenever he puts a little boy in the room. He's like, did you hear that? Is the phone ringing? Oh, okay, it's the phone upstairs. And I'm like, you've got some trauma. Oh, in this I room. missed that part. Yeah, he's like, do you do you hear the phone ringing? Is the phone ringing? Oh, it's the phone upstairs. I'm gonna go answer the phone upstairs, and that's in the short story too. So I think there's very strong implication yeah. of abuse in this room. Well, then my question at, by the grabber for you at, to the grabber. My question for you is like, so obviously the little girl is clairvoyant. We've already established that, mm-hmm. and Finn is to an extent as well because he can talk to dead people <laughs> um mm-hmm. do you think that the grabber is clairvoyant also that's a really good question i think yes i do i think i, I think i think to some extent he he has to be to to hear the phone but because and the reason i say that is because of what the ghosts say to is it finn mm-hmm. i, I want to call him something different what the ghosts say to finn later where Oh yeah, the phone has has rang for all of us, but we didn't hear it. Yeah, you were only you were here long enough to hear it, and I think of the grabber, and he must have been in here as a little boy long enough to hear the phone ring. So that means something. And 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 one thing that it you know, the dad of the little girl, the dad these the main character's dad says, yeah, your mom, she saw things, she heard things, and I saw and again and not again. This is a YouTube comment that I stole, but the mom saw things and heard things, and the little girl sees things, and the little boy hears things. Oh, interesting. I don't know if that was their intent, but that makes sense to me. Because he doesn't see, he does not see these little kids, which we, the audience, sees whenever he goes to answer the phone. He, he, they're little dead, dead children. You're right. He doesn't really interact with them. He doesn't see them. Does he see, he there's him. one that I think he might see, the, the creepiest kid who's like... The creepiest one. I don't, so like that one, I was like, do you see it or do you just hear the blood dripping? I think he saw it because he looks at the blood. So, I mean, I don't know. 
I agree. But that would have been really cool if it was perfect. But I don't know really. Yeah. If <laughs> but I mean, she can also hear voices too, but they're in her head. Yeah, that that's true. That's um, very true. Like her visions aren't like completely silent. I feel like if they were trying to do that, they would have made her visions silent. But you can like hear voices and stuff when she's seeing visions. But silent visions seem scarier. Actually. I know. That's why I was like, they should have done that maybe. But they really should have. That's a good idea. The other reason I think he's clairvoyant, so the, up to this point, like up to the middle of the movie, I was like, so is the implication that the grabber can also like, you know, hear and see things too that aren't there. And then it, at first I was like, no, like that's not the implication. But then at the end of the movie when, and we'll, I'll try not to like spoil it too much so we can get there, but he can actually hear the voices at the end of the movie. Like the grabber can, um, with the phone disconnected. So I think he is right. clairvoyant. I think he's in denial about being that because he probably mm-hmm. didn't have a figure to look up to. Like, I think these kids probably no. would think they were going crazy if their mom hadn't been someone who mm-hmm. knew about this stuff. So like maybe the grabber or whoever obviously didn't have a strong childhood or whatever. And he probably didn't have someone that he could look up to and be like, this is what's no happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's their goal. I don't know. Maybe we're looking way too into this. <laughs> maybe we'll find out in the prequel. Yeah. We need to know. <laughs> that we've invented in our know. own heads. Mm-hmm. Um, so the grabber ends up leaving him alone in the basement and Finn wakes up to the phone ringing and he answers it and it's just static. And then he hangs up. Um, And so they cut back to Gwen, who is finding out that her brother never came home that night. And she's like praying for the dreams that will give her information to help her brother. Because she thinks that they're from God. Yeah, she thinks they're from Jesus, which is hilarious. She has like a dollhouse that's like a little Jesus shrine. And she's like cursing at Jesus. And it's just like really wholesome and cute. I remember doing that, though. I remember being like, okay, Jesus is responsible for everything. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I would, like, scream bargain with, like, crucifixes and be like, why won't you do this? Yeah. It's so... Like, I've done this. Kids are just not... Um, <laughs> they just don't understand. I think it's just a too complex of a thought. The nuance of religion? Yeah. yeah I would agree with you there. Yeah. Exactly. As someone who wore a- acolyte robes and had to light candles at my church, <laughs> yeah. I would agree with you. Yeah. Um, I was an altar boy as well. Were you a fellow <laughs> yeah. altar boy? Yeah. Oh, did you have to wear? We would. We had to wear little crosses, little wooden crosses, and we would be sitting on the side, and we would be so bored that we would speed race each other to see who could choke each other out the, the fastest with the crosses. Like, because if you spin them, they like twirl up. The little necklaces do. Wait, you're not like. You- this is people can't see you doing this obviously oh they can probably they can see us oh we okay just, we were 10 you know what i mean oh. like who cares <laughs> got it got it got it this is a small mississippi church there's like 50 people max, <laughs> maximum that is crazy and they're all old they can't see that far so we're just like <laughs> choking, choking each other as fast as we can <laughs> oh my god I don't, we also had um we would do easter service and we would have to like pull the candles off of the altar at certain times during the sermon and like cut them cut them out and it was me and my sister and we didn't know this but we would pull the candles down and then we would just be like you know we were kids and we would just be like fighting with each other and the entire church could see it because the candle was lighting up our silhouettes against oh no (laughs) the back of the church it's like against the giant cross on the back of the church and you could see us like arguing, like pushing each other. Jeez, I love it. Your mom's <laughs> probably mom's like, like God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Again. 
fun times. Why do they have kids do those things? It's kind of weird. Indoctrination, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I gotta so. get them young. It's kind of weird. It didn't work. I know. I was like, <laughs> apparently it doesn't work because of me and you. Case did of not work. We're all atheists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> so then Finn wakes up to another phone call, and this time he hears the voice of a boy on the other line or on the other mm-hmm. side, and he asks for the boy's name, and the boy says he doesn't remember his name. Which Dad. is incredibly creepy. I like that aspect. Was that in the short story? Too. Yeah. Oh, love that. It, it was like the, why, why don't, why? It was like, I don't know my, I don't remember. And he's like, why? And he goes, you know why. Oh God, it's so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Joe Hill. That's a good line. That's yeah, a good one. So Finn recognizes the guy's voice and asks if he's Bruce. And Bruce says, yeah, maybe. And then he said, your arm Dad. is mint. And Bruce tells him that while he was down there, he found a loose tile and started to dig a hole to dig himself out but he didn't have time to finish digging um digging the hole so finn goes to that part of the basement finds the loose tile and starts digging the hole again um so then when he's exhausted he falls asleep on the mattress and he wakes up to the grabber watching him sleep um which is creepy as fuck and finn says that he's hungry and the grabber tells him that there's someone staying with him currently so he can't bring him food right now and on the way out the grabber forgets to latch the door behind him and Finn is like, oh, shit, and goes to the open door and escape. Um, but then there's a call on the phone again. So it, like, interrupts his escape. And so he's like, ugh. So then he goes and answers the phone, and it's a different boy's uh, voice. And the boy says he doesn't remember his name either, but he remembered that he used to be a paper boy, which I think is a weird thing to remember about your life. You don't remember your name, but you remember this random summer job you had. It's kind of weird, but. I get it. My dad was a paper boy, and he still remembers a lot about his paper route because you would do it. Do you think he'd remember that more than his name, though? I think maybe because you do it every day, day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. You don't think about your name every day. I do. You think about your name every day. Yeah, I write my name every day. Everyone writes their name every day. You hear your name like more often than any other word. Oh, my God. If Nick called me Kate, I'd be like, am I in trouble? <laughs> it's babe. What about at work? <laughs> It's Thompson, right? Like it's Oh, everyone at work calls me Ariana. No, it's Thompson at work. Mm, it's my last maybe name. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah. No one calls me my first name because I don't let them. I know that sounds weird, but it's different when you're a woman and you're a doctor. You have to in my field, you kinda have yeah. to Yeah. It's also different <laughs> in general practice, I feel like. Because in emergency, everyone's older than me. So everyone just calls me Ariana and I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah. So in general practice, everyone is much younger than me. Yeah. So it's like they were like, what do you want to be called? I'm like, I do not want to be called Dr. Kate. Yeah. Dr. Thompson for sure. And that was advice I got from my mentor who was like, hey, if you were a man, this might be different, but you're not. So I, re- I recommend. And I was like, I agree. Interesting. And I still have clients who call me Katie. And I'm like, nope. That's, oh, first of all, it's not even my name. though, because that's a professional, more professional relationship than like. And yeah, I agree. But it's, it's also, so I have a baby face. So mm, I kind yeah. of have to, whenever like I first started my first job, I had to work really hard to be like, nope, I'm a doctor and you have to, you have to listen to what I'm telling you to do. Like right now, like this isn't an, this isn't like a a conversation. You have to do what I say, which sounds really mean, but like in an emergency situation or in a surgery situation, you got to do what I say. Like right now, like I have training, you have to do what I say. And that didn't work. (laughs) So if they had called me, like if I was like Kate, that would have been a very big problem. Mm-hmm. Like a really big problem and, and that's a cultural thing I, if you're listening from the UK you're like wow these pe- these bitches are like so pretentious because <laughs> in the UK everyone goes all the doctors go by their first name 
because um, they have a better culture. Maybe than we that's do. why everyone at my place does it because we have a lot of um, international people too. Yeah. So in other cultures, in other countries, they go by their first name, but here we don't. And we're also like we still live in a patriarchy, unfortunately. So I'm like, nope. I am Dr. Thompson, yeah. and that's who I am. I understand why you'd want to. Yeah, I'd understand that. I think, but um, yeah, I mean, my this is the first place I've worked where people call me by my first name. So, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I also feel like my first name is very unique, and people always make comments about it. So I feel like it's it's beautiful. My attention is always drawn to my name, so I feel like I wouldn't forget it. I don't know. That's just the the point I'm trying to make. This is kind of weird. I would absolutely. I think I would forget it. Really? Yeah, I do. Aww. I think that would be one of the first things that I would forget because I don't think about it and I don't go by it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And also I have like eight names. Like that's also not my name. Like <laughs> yeah. half the people call me Shannon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have 80 names. <laughs> Who knows what I am in the afterlife? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess if you don't have like a strong emotional connection to your name, then you aren't going to remember it because you only remember things that you have strong emotional connections to. I know my name's not Katie. That I know that much. <laughs> I would remember that. If someone was like, is it Katie? I'd be like, no. Definitely not that, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's not that. And don't call me it's that. definitely not fucking Katie. <laughs> it's not Katie. It's a different name. Um. So let's see. Okay. So then the, the phone rings again. It's a different uh, boy's voice. And this kid is a paper boy. He doesn't remember his name. He tells Finn not to go upstairs because the grabber is waiting for him at the top of the stairs. And he tells him that is how he ends up killing people, killing the boys is because he tries to wait for them to escape and then beats them um, with a belt. And um, this boy also kind of as an aside tells him that when he was down there, he found a long cable in the wall that Finn should try to use to climb up to the window. So Finn decides not to go upstairs. And I think at this point they show what the grabber is doing at the top of the stairs, which is like the most terrifying shit ever. And this is another reason why I think it's sexual too, is because he is sitting in a chair with a belt in one hand and his shirt is off and he's wearing his Mm -hmm. mask and his angry face. And Mm -hmm. he's just sitting there waiting for Finn to try to escape and like getting ready to like beat the shit out of him. But I feel like the fact that sitting in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the fact that his shirt's off makes it a little bit sexual. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 weird, right? Like, why is your shirt off? Yeah, I feel like it's going to be some sort of sexual release. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so then Finn finds the cable and is able to lasso the bars on the window. Um, but when he tries to climb, he accidentally pulls down the bars and is unable to climb out. Meanwhile, the police are like making the rounds to all the houses to see if they've seen or heard anything suspicious. And they come across a house with a guy who's acting really weird. Um, did you think when you saw this that that was the grabber? No, not I, for a second. I literally thought that, like, right when he opened the door, I was like, oh, God, is that him? Because at this point, you haven't seen the grabber's face. You have yeah, only seen a mask. Yeah, but I know it's mask. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. Like, I guess I forgot in that moment that it was Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I, I remember, because I, I watched this because I was watching it for Ethan Hawke. So I was like, that's not Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. I think I forgot in that moment that's who I was expecting to see, but I was just like... You're so excited. Well, that's what the movie wanted. Yeah, yeah. And maybe they didn't realize it would be such like a hype thing that Ethan Hawke was going to be this person. And so maybe they thought they could get us because they did get me a little bit. I was like, I can't tell if this is the guy or not. Oh, I didn't even know that was their intention. I don't know if it was, but they got me for oh. a few seconds. And then... The guy like invites the police in and 
you realize he's acting weird because he's actually doing like his own like full amateur investigation of the entire thing and he has like the city mapped out and he's trying to help the police and he tells them that he's bored because he lost his job recently and he's staying with his brother and the police officers are like okay and they're like you're crazy let us know if you see anything and then they see that he's like doing coke on the table so he's like has Mm -hmm. a drug problem he got fired from his job he has to live with his brother so clearly this guy has like issues and Mm -hmm. this actor is the actor from that's the police officer in sinister he's also very different character yeah (laughs) yeah different completely different he's just like a very neurotic guy um Mm -hmm. so the police leave and at this point the camera pans down um the room and then all of a sudden we're underground where finn is Mm -hmm. um did you realize that they did that to imply that he was literally above the basement where finn was or did you just think it was a transition no i i assumed yeah especially because the grabber was like i can't someone staying here yeah yeah and then and they made a comment where he was like why is there someone up there? I'll scream and I'll scratch your face and then people will know that I'm down here. And he goes, no, no, he would never hear. This face and then he puts his mask like to this like light and you can see it's like full terrifying grin and you're just like, whoa, that's like really fucked up. I love the mask. Yeah, the mask. I love It was amazing. But they they made, he made a comment of like, no, he's not going to hear you. And Finn's like, oh, so it's a he. Yeah. And he gets really pissed off right so so i was like it's a family member i like that they didn't fuck around with that i like that they made it an obvious enough for people to understand that this guy's actually in the house because it like adds a whole nother level of suspense because you're like okay someone's there where he's looking for them like when is he going to figure it out is he going to figure it out in time which i feel like is a more valuable thing to the movie than having us sit there and be like Mm, is this guy actually in the same house yes. as him? Like, just tell me that he is so that I can. Yes. I need, I needed more to, I needed more. I agree. I, I wanted, like, as soon as they gave me that, I'm like, oh, thank God. Cause I'm getting kind of bored in this basement. Just a little bit. Yeah, honestly. I mean, it's not a lot's happening. It's cool, but it's like, all right. <laughs> it's aesthetic, but like what's actually happening? Nothing. You think Hawk just keeps coming down the stairs and like making vaguely ominous comments and yeah. going back upstairs. Exactly. It's like, mm, what's like, going to no, happen? Like, no, you're not going to attack and either of you okay I guess that's good but like it's kind of weird like I don't know (laughs) I don't know if the implication is like that he did bad things to the other boys that he's not doing to Finn because the brother's there or if he legitimately just like kills them all at once like I think that if the brother wasn't there he would have been a lot worse with Finn sooner same yeah that's what I thought too I was like because because he seemed frustrated the grabber seems frustrated that he, cause he has, Finn is like almost going to die of starvation and thirst. Yeah. Like he's drinking out of the back of the toilet. He hasn't eaten. Yeah. He can't really think straight. And, and in the short story, it's very odd. Like, cause they can do it from Finn's perspective very well. He can't remember from moment to moment. He's so fatigued and exhausted. That's so like he, shitty. Yeah. It's really shitty. Cause he's just literally just wasting away. Yeah. He can't think straight. Your brain goes kind of funny when you haven't eaten and, I think that the only reason is because his brother is home and he can't yeah. come down the stairs and feed him and keep and keep the game going. He seems frustrated that he can't keep this game right. going with Fen. Yeah. Which is gross and creepy. I and hate I, yeah. I, I like it. I think it's enjoy I think it's enjoyable to watch as like a oh, that's what a serial killer would do. 
yeah, it's really, it's really hard to watch. I really don't like, I, I did not like that at all. And I, at some point though, he does bring him food and then Mm -hmm. gets mad and throws it. And then there's food on the ground. I feel like in that scenario, I would have eaten food off the ground, but Finn does not. He did. He did eat food off the ground. No, he doesn't. In that scene, he just picks it up and puts it on the plate and then doesn't eat it. Well, then he eats it, right? Like, (laughs) oh no, he ate it. He ate it off the ground though. They didn't show him eating it off the ground if they did. If he oh, did, I, because I specifically I look for it in the second time I watched it. Cause I was like, isn't he supposed to be like starving? Why is he not eating his oh, food? Oh no. I would like be hoovering that off Same. the ground. I would have been like, yum. <laughs> Yummers. <Yeah>. Thanks. <laughs> um, oh, it, it's this scene. So like the grabber checks on Finn again and he asks him what his name is because he doesn't know obviously. And then um, basically Finn lies to him and says his name is like some other kid's name that he makes up and mm-hmm. the grabber throws the newspaper at him and there's like obviously a section about him and who he is and when he went missing and he's like I know who you are like I was starting to like you and now you're lying to me like just basically creating Ooh. a scenario where he can be mad at Finn for something because he can't mm-hmm. do the naughty boy game that he's trying to do where he's trying to get him to like walk up the stairs so he can beat him so he basically just wants to be mad at this guy so he just like creates a scenario I think that's the goal with that scene but um basically the (laughs) so he goes and he doesn't lock the door again and the phone rings again and it's a different voice and it's a different boy telling him that the grabber is sleeping at the top of the stairs and that he actually um stole his padlock like the little kid's padlock and that from his bike yeah from his bike when he took him and he put the bike lock on the door and that the little kid wrote the numbers to the bike lock on the wall next to the mattress so that he would remember because I guess well he was starving or whatever when he was in the basement he was like oh I'm gonna forget this code I need to write it down so he wrote it down on the wall that's pretty smart actually yeah and so Finn sees it he sneaks up the stairs um is able to like sneak out of the house even though the grabber's sleeping in his chair with his belt holding his belt ready to beat the shit out of him and he's like running down the street and the grabber catches him and knocks him out um and takes him back so so close he made it out I hate scenes like this out the door so annoying um so then Finn wakes up on the mattress again by himself. He hears the phone ring again. It's a different guy. Um, and it's actually this ex-bully character that had gone missing a while ago. Um, and I think at some point, Finn, when he was younger, saw this guy beat the shit out of someone. And he was actually scared of this guy. And this boy tells him that there's a piece of concrete wall that backs up into a freezer in another room and he should try to break through it and escape. So Finn uses a piece of the back of the toilet to chip away at the wall and is able to get into the freezer from behind. But once he's in the freezer, which is like filled with raw meat, he tries to open the door to the freezer from the inside, but he can't cause it's locked. So he gives up. So frustrating. I know he has so many like little things where almost he's, wins. yeah, almost wins. And then he gets defeated because it's whatever, all these things that these kids tried. I remember that scene. I was like, God damn it. Like, you're so close. I you're know. so close. I was just like, why does this guy have a full freezer with like 10 raw steaks in it? It makes no sense. It was the 70s. It was so weird. They used it for like bruises. <laughs> yeah. Um, Slap some meat on it. It's so weird. Um, so then Finn gets a final call. And this time it's his friend, his friend Robin. Um, mm, and it's like a right. really cute moment because Robin tells him he's been with him this whole time. And that 
today is the day that the grabber's meaning to kill him. So he has to figure out how to fight him. Um, and so he tells him to pack dirt into the phone and use it as a weapon if he needed to during a fight with the grabber. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, Gwen is finally able to piece together all of her dreams and figure out the location of the house. So she calls the police and they start heading over. And then can we just talk for a quick minute yeah. about how the police don't dismiss her? They don't dismiss Gwen. We need to talk more about that in general, because I have a couple theories about oh, this. Okay, so I'll hold it. I'll hold okay. it in. We'll we'll revisit that after I'm almost done. She calls the police and they start heading over. And then meanwhile, the grabber's brother is figuring out that he's actually in the house where all the kids were abducted around where all the kids were abducted and decides to go look in the basement. And so at the exact moment that the brother finds Finn in the basement, the grabber sneaks up behind his brother and axes him in the head. That's so, also in the book. I guess that's, that's why story. it's rated R. I totally forgot that he someone gets axed yeah, in the head. It gets real violent <laughs> yeah. very quickly. It reminds me of another movie where someone gets axed in the head that you guys have covered before. It's one of your favorite movies. I think I know which one. Okay. I won't give it away in case people haven't seen it, but... Um, Love a good axe to the head. Yeah. So the grabber brings down his giant black mastiff to guard the door and Mm -hmm. starts chasing Finn around the room with the axe. And Finn moves into another part of the basement around where he dug the hole. um, And he actually rigged the cable that he found um, near the hole and pulls it so that the grabber trips when he's chasing him and falls in. Um, and then Finn had put the window bars at the bottom of the hole. So the grabber actually breaks his ankle during his fall and gets stuck in there. Um, and then Finn uses the weighted phone to beat the grabber as he's reaching for him and then ties the phone cord around his neck. Um, and at this moment, the phone, although disconnected rings again and Finn holds it to the grabber's ear and he hears all of the voices of all of the victims screaming right before Finn uses his arm to break the grabber's neck. And then he uses raw meat from the freezer to distract the massive so he can go up the stairs and escape. Clever boy, very clever. While this is happening, we see the police getting to the house. They go into the basement we, the audience, find out that this is actually the wrong house, and Finn is not in the basement, but they do find dead bodies of the previous victims. So I guess Gwen was just seeing visions of where the victims were and not where um, Finn was, but it's okay because Finn emerges in the house across the street from where they are. <laughs> yeah, Finn's like, nice try. Yeah, just <laughs> he I'll just walks out. out, and there's police like <laughs> raiding the neighbor's house. And his sister sees him and runs to him, and they have a cute little uh, moment. And then the last scene is, I guess, the reason why, probably why you don't like this movie. I don't know. This is the reason why mm-hmm. I feel like this is very truncated. But the last scene is him, like, walking into school, and he's all confident, and he sees the bullies who fucked with him, and they don't fuck with him anymore. And then he sits next mm-hmm. to his crush and smiles, and he's just, like, LOL, really super well-adjusted and has zero issues after all this? Like, what? <laughs> no. You would not be okay. That, and that's yeah. the end. That's the end of the that's movie. The end of the it movie. was like, what? That's it? Okay. What a strong ending, in my opinion, up to the last scene where he goes and he's just like living a normal middle school a normal boy life. life when you just had all this traumatic shit happen to you. Like, I didn't like whenever, I didn't, one, one major flaw for this movie that 
again, I've said it already, but fumbled it in like the last quarter a little bit was the si- the sister being clairvoyant did nothing to this storyline. It did nothing. I know. It didn't impact anything. Because he would he have come walked out, out and lived. He, yeah. he did it himself. He just walked out. Yeah. And in the story, it was like that too. It was like, oh, it didn't actually matter that you had this very important, quote unquote, important connection with your sister and that your sister was you know, connected to the spiritual realm and then it came from her mom and with the dad. N- all of that came to nothing yeah. because all it was just, it didn't matter. They got it wrong. They weren't about to go break down. That was, they weren't going to go to the house across the street. That wasn't the next step. They would have been like, all right, well, he's not here. Exactly. I was really disappointed with that. So this kind of ties into my theory. And by my theory, I mean Rachel's theory because she's the one who got me thinking friend about Rachel. this. <laughs> my friend Rachel, who I saw this movie with. So there was a movie that came out probably like, I don't know, three or four years ago now at this point. And I'm not going to say what it is, but basically it reinvents a very well-known story that happened in the 70s from a serial killer um, such that like everyone knows the real ending. But in this movie, it's a completely different ending. Um, it's a good ending instead of the bad ending that we all know really happened. And I won't say what it is because it's a very big spoiler for a very big movie. Um, and if you know, you know, but I don't think I know. I don't think you've seen it, Kate, but basically I I want to, this movie is, um, similar to that one in that from the moment that he, you know, once he talks to Robin and everything escalates, you know, the climax of the movie where he's like, beats you know beats the villain I feel like mm-hmm. every single thing goes so perfectly according to plan yes that it's almost like not a real ending like for the Correct. boy for Finn like every single perfection aspect and I get that that's kind of the vibe is like oh like the dead children gave him something to use to defeat the villain whatever so like that one I can buy but if you think about it like the Gwen storyline ends perfectly because like in this scenario Finn's able to succeed because he's able to beat the villain himself she sort of is able to succeed because she finds the house but she's able to lead the police there so like her storyline ends magically the police's storyline ends magically like they're able to they're even doing an interview at the end where they're like the police found this all the bodies the police did this the police did that and they're like taking Mm -hmm. credit in like it seems like a very like almost too good to be true way and even the ending scene with the dad where he basically apologizes for being like overbearing and abusive. Oh, sorry I was abusive. It was like, like almost oh, that too, ties up nicely, yeah. doesn't it? It was almost <laughs> too perfect to the point where I was like this seems like it's reinventing something that didn't happen. And yes. this other movie that I'm talking about did that because the whole time you're watching the movie thinking the ending's going to be how it really happened in real life. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh my God, they just like rewrote the ending so that it's a good ending. And I feel like it's the same way for this. And I think that's why her storyline went nowhere because if they're trying to recreate something that could never have, like in what scenario is a child gonna beat up a Ethan Hawke you know, murderer that's a psycho that's already killed. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I feel it's like it's an idealistic a ending. A weak child that hasn't eaten and can't think straight. Yeah. No, that's not a fighter. A nourished giant man. Yeah. No, it doesn't work like that. And it's kind of annoying. It just seems like there were multiple storylines that all ended 
beautifully, almost to a point where they did it on purpose. <laughs> That's very convenient, yeah. isn't it? I don't know. Boo. I don't know. I, I remember leaving the theater like, oh, wow, that really just kind of ha- happened exactly as you could have guessed with zero <laughs> yeah. imagination. No offense. I like this creative team, but it was just very convenient, extremely clean and convenient. And I didn't like it. And I was upset with what that what happened with the, with the sister's storyline. Yeah. And that nothing happened. Yeah. It's like she could have not existed and he still would have lived. He still would have lived because it was, that's what happened in the short story, right? Yeah. It, it, that's exactly how it happened. Yeah. It's like, eh, boo, not really into it. Yeah. I guess he didn't know where the bodies were buried. And if he had come out, he would have just been like, I'm here. And then they would have never found the children's bodies. And so those parents probably would have been. They would have eventually, right? Like someone's paying that mortgage. I guess so. Yeah, they would have been like, wait, this guy owns both of these houses. Like, yeah, let's go someone's look in the other house. That. Like, they would have figured you're it right, out. You're right, right. They would have figured it out. And that was a that was a really bitter end. I was like, ugh, that's it? Okay. It, yeah. That, of, it, it harshed my vibe <laughs> a little bit. I liked the ending of how he defeats the killer. I feel like it's obviously not realistic, but I still liked it. I didn't. Okay, we'll revisit that again because I have a game for you now, Kate, and I want to say a something. Game? <laughs> I want to say something else about this ending, but I don't want to give away a couple of the the game um, answers. I lost the last game. I lost it hard. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. How embarrassing. Let's see. We kind of already talked about this. So the first question was, you know, what serial killers was the serial killer based on? We already talked about a couple of these. Yeah, John Wayne Gacy for sure. Mm-hmm. And then Ted Bundy yes. for sure. Yeah. Um, did you know John Wayne Gacy was mostly young, was only young male victims? Yes, I did. I did know that. Also killed them with belts. I did know that. Yeah. I wish I didn't. I wish I could forget everything I knew about John Wayne Gacy. But I listened to a Sufjan Stevens song when I was 16, and I Googled. And that's all there is to it. He wrote a song about John Wayne Gacy. If you really want to hate him, you should listen to his monologue about bisexual people. Oh, my. Like, I need another fucking reason to hate John Wayne Gacy. It's really fucked up. You should listen to it. No, I don't want to listen to that. They play it in the Netflix documentary. Like, I need it. I don't want to watch that Netflix doc. Netflix, if you're listening, which I know you are because you're always <laughs> listening, stop it. I don't want to watch that documentary. Stop it. They're going to be like, oh, we heard you talk about John Wayne Gacy. Here's a documentary. They about sure it. are. I know that. I'm like, they're like, other things that you might, you like the circle? Well, you're going to love John Wayne Gacy. I'm like, stop it. Let me just live in peace. The last one that he's based on is Dahmer, also. Um, How? Because one of his victims escaped and then was recaptured. Oh, well, that's like soup. No, that does not count. It does count because it was a little boy. Well, no, it wasn't a little boy. He wasn't a young boy. It was like a like a young adult. Oh, uh, it was like he a was young man. drugged. Yeah, he was drugged and he left and he didn't speak good English. And he was kind of like babbling because he had been drugged to the police and the police we're like, hey, where are you from, buddy? And then Jeffrey Dahmer came out and was like, hey, that's my friend. Like, he's drunk. And the police brought him back into Ooh, that Oh, I hate that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That so sucks. that's what happened with Jeffrey Dahmer and his and that victim who was then killed, then died. Oh, that's so like, bad. After the police, he, the, he got out, escaped, got to the police, and the police brought – because he was, like, in his underwear. Yeah. And then brought the police brought him back to Jeffrey Dahmer, who had multiple heads in his fridge oh, at that point. Oh, God. I hate that. That serial killer is the grossest. I really don't like him. John Wayne Gacy is really gross. No, I feel like Dahmer is so much grosser. 
Dahmer made a lot of like he made clothing and like Ugh, ate his hate it. victims, but Jeffrey Dahmer targeted children, and I think that that's what. No, I'm sorry. John Wayne Gacy targeted children, and I think that's what really fucked. I mean, fucks, a lot of serial killers target children, though. Yeah, but that's that's one of the biggest high profile ones. I mean, like no, like he targeted many, 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 many young boys and buried them underneath his floorboards. Yeah, they definitely weren't like middle school age, but I mean, dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they were. Killed. I don't think they were as young as what you're thinking, but I mean, like Ted Bundy did the same thing and. His youngest victim was 12. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Do you see why I don't like true crime? I know. I don't like true crime. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next question. It's a little bit more fun. Yay. We're having so much fun. Okay. Name as many horror movies as you can that share similarities with this movie. Oh, well, we've named all of the phone movies. Okay, but I guess I mean like scenes. And all the sinisters. Or, yeah. Sinister, sure. I can't think of any of other ones that have masks in them. Let's start with uh, Stephen King movies. I can't think of any that are about, a, well, misery. So I'm thinking less, like, more superficial than that. Like, a similar actor, a similar scene, a similar costume choice. Mm-mm, I got nothing. Okay, I got you. So the first one that's probably the most, like, similar is It. So obviously the clown was in the original short story, and he wasn't a clown, but... Similar vibes. Um, the rain jacket that Gwen is wearing is yellow, like the one that's true. Georgie yeah, was wearing, and it's like pouring mm-hmm. down rain. Max's brother is in It, the movie. He plays Eddie. He does? Yeah. He's one of the adults. Oh. He's the really anxious one that's like the, what does he do, like risk assessment or something? Oh, 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 in, in, in the second one, in chapter two. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. That's true. That's very true. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then the only other thing I could think of was, like, the very severe, like, kid-on-kid violence, which I feel like is in other movies, but the severity of the violence is definitely, like, a horror movie thing where people just get very uncomfortable watching kids be, like, extremely fucked up to each other, which, like, in It, there's scenes where kids are, like, cutting into each other and shit. And Mm -hmm. this movie, there's, like, scenes where kids are, like, beating each other in the head with rocks and shit like that. For sure. For sure. So I don't know. I got it vibes from like the kid bully dynamic. Absolutely. I would agree with that. And like it was, I don't know if this was club members. If if you grew up in like the 70s and 80s and can attest to this, please email us. It's nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. I want to know what the bully scene was like back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, was it this bad? I grew up in, <laughs> yeah, was it this bad? Because I, I don't know, watching Stranger Things, I was like, what, were bullies like that bold? Like, because yeah. in the 90s and the 2000s, we weren't that bold with our bullies. They were more subtle than this, than just straight up just, well, it's like massacring each other. Yeah, it's like really, really bad. Like, it's like almost like you're going to grow up to be like a You're going to be disfigured. Well, yeah. yeah, these people, like these kids are not normal kids. Like, no, I agree. There's a difference between like, you know, making fun of someone's haircut and, and being beating sociopath. someone in the head with a rock. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. For sure. I agree with that. Um, so the next one I came up with, and maybe you can just fill in what I'm saying. Maybe if you know. Um, have you seen Dr. Sleep? Probably. Yes, of course. Okay. I came up with two similarities. Can you think of any? The writing on the wall. The numbers The numbers on the wall. That's a good one. I didn't think about that one. That's, that's the first thing I thought of was the numbers that are like etched onto the wall in his dream. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
and that's all I can think of <laughs> right now. Okay. The very obvious one is the fact that there's a little girl that's clairvoyant. There's a clairvoyant little girl in Dr. Sleep. Yeah. She's the main character. It's been a minute since I've seen <laughs> Yeah, Sleep. she's the one who communicates. She communicates with Ewan McGregor's character, and she has the shining or whatever. Oh, that's right. They give a little girl the shining. Yeah. That's right. Um, I forgot about that. And then the other one, which I thought was pretty cool, is um, you're familiar with Rose the Hat. She's like one of my favorite villains. But Who? Rose the Hat. No. She's the character that wears a top hat that's like the main evil oh, female in character Dr. in Sleep. Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about her. She. I mean, I, I remember her. I didn't remember her name. Gotcha. She abducts a kid on his way home from a baseball game. And she's also wearing a top hat <laughs> like the <gasps> magician. That is very similar. Yeah. That is for sure similar. I thought that was cool. Um, and then Silence of the Lambs. I have three for this one. Yeah. I feel like I've already mentioned Silence of the yeah, Lambs. Yeah, we did. We okay. talked about Buffalo Bill asking for help and then pushing the victim into the van. Yes, that, that one for sure. The van thing, the Ted Bundy thing. Uh, just someone being held captive is the only thing I can think of there. Yeah, that's one that I have. The last one I have is that they go to the wrong house at the end. They did? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, because she goes to yeah. a different house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right, because Jodie Foster goes to a completely different house. Yeah. Oh, God, that movie's scary. Why haven't we covered that yet? Oh, it's so good. I love it so much. Because <laughs> I don't want to do serial killer horror. That's Guys, why. can we all just recommend this one when Kate posts no. on Instagram and says, scare the shit out of me, please write in and say Silence of the Lambs because that it one's messes, awesome. No, it messes me up. So fucking it good. It messes me. I can't think about it for too long. It's so scary. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs is so scary. And people are like, it's not really a horror movie. I'm like, yeah, it is. Oh. Yes, it is. How can it not be? It's literally like people cannibals and cutting people's faces off. Like, <laughs> It's definitely a what el- what makes it horror for you good it's God. literally based on a serial killer like people like someone gets freaking flayed open like they're a deer and hung up yeah on top of a cage it's definitely a horror movie yeah. and that's I don't not know even who the climax that. <laughs> that's 100 people say that the same way people don't think aliens a horror movie and it definitely i mean is. i get like there's a, a literally a slasher movie so i don't understand why they would say that but i mean a lot of people say that that's silly um, I know it's an argument I get into a lot. Weird. Um, the Weird. last one I have is signs. <gasps> what if I don't get this right? So similarities. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, little kids. There's a brother and a little sister. Yeah. Um, little sister can is clairvoyant in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, dead mom. That's a good one. I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. Dead mom trope. Uh, dead mom trope. There's no serial killer. No one's held hostage. There's a basement. <laughs> There's a basement. <laughs> There's a creepy basement. Hmm. I don't know if I have anything else. Okay. This one's going to piss you off. But. Oh, no. The fact that everything leads to something in the end at the climax. Like this whole time oh, we're talking about water everywhere. We're talking about swing away Meryl, which literally the last you, thing guys. is him choking out this guy with his arm. Right after Bruce is like, your arm is mint. Like, it just cracks me up. Kate's sitting over here. So Kate has this very, very strong blind spot for (laughs) for signs. Like, we've all figured that out. Like, Kate will say that she hates other movies for reasons that (laughs) she doesn't hate signs for. Like, 
She just said, I hate how everything just worked out so perfectly. Like all these clues led to something at the end. That's literally what M. Night Shyamalan does every time. And you love yeah, him. Yeah, but they made it. It was a, but that's what it was about, right? Like that's the whole point. That's what this was about. That's the entire point. Yeah, but it's boring. It's a boring ending. <laughs> it's a boring ending. It's like, oh, it just all worked out versus the end of Signs. It does not all work out. It's kind of like a cluster and like a, like it's a lot of really bad things happening one after another. Versus this is like, and then he came down and he beat him. And that was that. Except it is literally there's a scene where he hits him with the bat, he falls, he gets water on him. Like it's like one thing after another, all in the same scene and everything works out. And I will say that this movie was a little bit more interesting up front than Signs was. Ew. See, Kate has a blind spot for Signs. We'll just all accept that. (laughs) Listen, Signs is top five in my mind (laughs) is it top five on the scoreboard no it's not Uh. and that hurts me every day every single day (laughs) but signs is a better movie than this movie like hands down I forgot about this movie the day as soon as I fell asleep really I have not thought oh I I thought it was so cool the thing is is it's so similar though it's so similar this movie was boring as hell what so boring it was fun and then it ended I'm like oh I guess that's okay I guess that's it. So you didn't like the end where he defeats the killer. You didn't like that scene. You didn't like how they did that and how everything led to something. I thought it was extremely clean. In signs, it's a lot messier. No, it's not. <laughs> how is it messier? Yeah, it is. It is a, I'm not going to... I mean, I don't want to spoil signs, but like there are people who believe in signs and there are people who don't. And that's the point of it is like, do you listen and look for signs? Versus this one was just like, here you go. This is how you defeat it. I understand. Like you're saying like, maybe this was all coincidence. Maybe it wasn't. And it's more yeah. like metaphysical. Than... It's, I mean, yeah. It's okay. just like, look, look, like cut a hole, put things down there. Yeah. Choke them out, like hit them in the head. Like, duh. Like, obviously those are things you're going to fucking do. Like it, you don't need to have someone calling you to look in the back of the toilet to get a wire. There's nothing else to look at in this room other than that toilet. And you can see the back of the freezer that he breaks into. Like, it's very obvious. So to me, I'm like, I didn't really need you guys calling me except for to say, hey, maybe put like dirt in the phone so it's heavier and you can hit him with it. You know what I mean? But like he could have come up with that on his own versus signs. It's all about all these things that you didn't think were important are very, very important. So like the little girl who just drinks her water and sets it all up and just puts them all up. And oh, that one's contaminated. That one has amoebas in it. And like swing away, Meryl, him being like a, a minor league baseball star. All these different things that were not handed to a single person. Like, do this and then this and then that and then you'll win. But he didn't have that handed to him, though. They told him. He literally did. He literally no, but had, he people, had people tell him. him, do this. And so then he did it. That's not what happens in science, honey. No, I know. But the point is, is that you said a sentence that cracked me up because the sentence was, I didn't like how all these things made it so that it was just a perfect ending and it just all one thing after another, which is exactly why everyone likes signs is because the whole time you're watching it, not expecting it to go how it goes in the end. And it's like, I guess that's the difference. I, this was exactly as I expected it to end. Really? Yes. He, he picks up the phone and they tell him, Hey, there's a cord over here. There's a wire over here. Hey, look in the back of the toilet and get this. Hey, I started digging a hole. They hand him every single piece of how to get out of there. They didn't say like, 
use the cord to trip the killer. They said, use the cord to get out of the window. Boo! <laughs> really? Kate, the whole point they, that I'm trying to make, though, to? is that if you don't like this movie because you don't like that everything works out perfectly at the end, which I don't agree with because I like that. I like that everything was unexpected and seemed to just come out of nowhere. And like he's using things that people told him, but differently than how they told him. And then it's literally how it is in science. Like, and it's you not, love science. It's not how it is in science. It is. No. So just like, like exactly what I just said is in science, it's all these different things that don't seem related versus in this movie, it is literally different people calling on the phone <laughs> saying, these are all the pieces you Kate need. Kate has a blind spot. That's all I can no, say. No, I, I really don't. I mean, I do. You I do. do. I recognize that I do. But I think that it's just such like a nitpicky thing, out. I feel like, to be that specific it's about the way that they present all these things that fall into line at the end. It's like, well, they all fall into line. And that's the that's why people like it is because it's like all these things that happen in a row. I, okay, if I watched a movie where someone emailed me and was like hey don't forget to look over here email hey don't forget to check this thing email hey don't forget to do this yeah but then you check the thing that they're telling you to check and it doesn't go anywhere and you as a viewer are like oh I guess that's the end of that I guess this is just it's not like they said at the end of this time you're going to use this cord for this they said I use this cord to to do this that's not the point. Yeah, but then they died. That's not the point, though, Kate. The point is, is I'm, they didn't spell it out. It's They just told them what he did, did, and right? he tried to do what they did, and then at the end did it in his own way. So it's not They might have well given, him a, given him a backpack of, like, five different tools and be like, figure it out. And it just wasn't very compelling for me, personally. And, and, I, and I recognize other people may feel differently. I get that. I totally get that. Um, it just seemed very... Um, expected I expected exactly what this ending was going to be I knew I was so bored at the ending I was extremely bored wow like Ethan Hawke and then he just like kind of falls into a hole and just like doesn't just kind of gets beat up and strangled and I'm like okay like that's a good ending (laughs) I guess I expected him to die and for it to be wrapped up nicely but I guess I didn't guess it to be the way that it happened so maybe I'm being picky But the way I wanted this movie to go was I would have liked for the brother character to have had more meaning because, again, the brother character had no meaning either. He discovers the basement and then dies. He has no meaning. So I would have liked for the brother character to have played more of a role in the grabber's motive and the grabber's character and personality. You're right. I I would have liked that more than just oh he found found him but he didn't find him he escaped but he didn't escape and then he just used all the tools that were handed to him to just smack the shit out of the grabber I'm like that's very expected like let's think about the end of silence of the lambs I'm not going to get into spoilers but it's not just she goes in and uses these five tools to defeat the bad guy like there are obstacles to overcome and unexpected twists and turns and this one had no twists or turns in the end it was just like and then the grabber comes in the basement and there's an altercation and he loses and that is it and then he walks out of the building did you expect him to use the meat from the freezer to distract the dog it didn't do anything else for me because the dog wasn't a, a component of this movie until at the very end so I'm like oh sure there's a dog like who fucking cares <laughs> like who cares like he could have just sat there and someone would have come just you know what I mean like he could have he meaning the dog or he meaning who no the, the little boy oh 
I don't I don't think that the, the dog was gonna stop him forever is what I what I think what I think this guy really would have done is why didn't you just close your door why did you have to bring your dog down to like guard the door when you soundproof the basement like why can't you just like kill the guy why would you even leave the door open so people can hear him screaming if you're gonna kill him that's what I was to thinking make it real easy for him to walk away yeah to make it a nice happy bow on top and see that's what I'm saying I think that this was all like it's not really what happened like a true crime that they put some makeup on exactly that's what it feels like to me too yeah it feels like a true crime that they put makeup on yeah makeup on a pig just saying yeah I think that I I, I didn't love it they I also feel like these this group of people who make movies like this, they are making movies for the masses. Like this isn't Yes, for sure. This for is sure. not men. This is not a movie where we're going to hate our lives while we're watching it and never stop thinking about it afterwards. Like this is not an art house movie. This is a this is a, everyone come down on a Saturday and watch this movie. This is people who don't even like horror movies would like this yes. movie. In my opinion, because people like true crime would probably like this movie. So that was another thing. It felt a little pandery to me. Um, I know that our generation is all about true crime. I'm not, but a lot of people are. And it just felt very like we're going to capitalize on that. Which is fair. Capitalize on it. Which is fair. And (laughs) and I'm not upset about them. I'm not upset about that. But it was just like it very like it was very I wanted something more out of the ending because then why do you even have paranormal elements? Yeah. If you're not going to do anything cool with it. He could have done all of that on his own. That's why I think it was not real. Because it's like they had to create the girl's story to be like a standalone, like she succeeded story, which didn't really fit and didn't really seem to make a difference in the boy's life at all. But she found bodies, I guess. I guess they would have found the bodies eventually. But I'm happy she found him and that they were laid to rest. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. I guess it didn't really, it seemed all like too convenient. I was on the edge of my seat until the last half of this movie. Oh, really? I was like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, yeah. That's, oh, he just kills him? Okay. I'm surprised you didn't like the I mean in my summary I obviously didn't go into and I couldn't because my summary was already way too long but like (laughs) the there's a lot of like horror elements that were portrayed with Gwen's storyline that I couldn't go into like she would see like it was actually pretty cool it's very supernatural like she at some point becomes a part of a memory of a guy and she's like watching him like carve the the numbers of the house into some kid's arm while he's beating him up. Like it's just very cool and very spooky. And I'm surprised that part didn't get you. It didn't really. No. Wow. It just didn't. It just wasn't that compelling to me. It was just what I thought would happen. Like you like, Oh, we have a clairvoyant sister and we have an abducted little boy. I wonder if she uses her clairvoyant abilities to find out where he is yeah oh she does oh but not really that's disappointing yeah she does but almost (laughs) so it's like oh it's what I thought but weaker I think I would have definitely liked this movie a lot more if what she like her character did play a role in finding him like that did bum me out because the whole time you're like wow this girl's such a cool act like she's such a cool character like her storyline's so cool like his storyline is very true crimey her storyline is very like supernatural horror-y because she's like seeing ghosts and like talking to people and like whatever so I mean I was rooting for her to be like the one who saves the day 
And at the end of the day, it kind of became around about the boy and the true crime aspect and how to succeed in like a real life situation using like actual tools that you have in your environment versus like a, a little girl, like hearing voices and figuring it out. I think, so I think you nailed it right there. They neuter both of those. So like the little girl, she's paranormal, she's, you know, clairvoyant, paranormal abilities, and it kind of all comes to nothing. It does not come to fruition. It's just kind of exists as a plot and then nothing happens from it because the little boy just walks out. And then the little boy has all these true crimey things that could have been, oh, look how resourceful I am and how smart and clever and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm figuring out my environment. But they, he doesn't. He just gets kind of told, hey, check this out. Hey, why don't you look over there in this very small room? And I was like, oh, it would have been way cooler if you had figured any of that out on your own. Yeah. But you didn't. And you're old. And he was older than those children. He was the old. He was older than all of the other victims. I don't know if that was no, in the not story. the bully. The bully was older than him. So in the story, in the short oh. story, he's the oldest one oh. because he's thirteen, and he was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm kind of like free of the grabber. I'm older." Oh, interesting. So I was just kind of like, "Oh, you couldn't figure any of it out. Hmm. None of it." Yeah. Oh, that's really disappointing because people who were there not as long as you figured more of it out than you. Yeah, you're right. I guess that's true. Like, I expected more from him because they do set him up at the beginning of the movie as like a very like nerdy science. You know, he wants to he has like a little rocket ship toy and he wants to be like a astronaut, presumably, even though he's not paying attention Mm -hmm. in science class, which makes no sense to me. Right. Um, (laughs) Got to do that if you're going to be an astronaut. Yeah, he's like they're learning about the Earth's crust and he's like looking at a girl and I'm like, you're not going to be a freaking astronaut, bro. (laughs) You can't even focus in middle school science. Planets grow. I'm going to be an astronaut. (laughs) (laughs) And like they try to do things like, for example, when he's trying to like lasso the bars on the window, he like has an idea to like use a rolled up carpet to like lead the Mm -hmm. lead it up there to hook it over and I'm like okay so I guess they're trying to show us that this guy is like a little bit like more um creative and resourceful than we thought but I mean I feel like that's the only instance where we see that I guess you're right everything else is pretty much handed to him it bothered me that part that that really did bother me because I was like we don't I didn't find the boy that likable like, he was fine, but, like, I have no reason to like him except for yeah. his bond with his sister, which... It was more, like, her... He was more of a passive character, I think, than... Very passive. Like, he could have been anything yeah. or anyone. Yeah. I He was boring to me. That's maybe mean. And I thought that the little girl could have been interesting, but the way it ended, I was very dis- very disappointed. Hmm. Okay. And I'm... And that's... And, you know, this is me on first viewing. I've only seen it once. And maybe if I watched it again, I would like it more or I would appreciate it more. And that's that's that goes for any movie that I reviewed ever. Maybe I would like it on a second viewing. Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride I love. And, <laughs> Corpse Bride. And the, the first time I watched it, me and my mom were like, this is the stupidest movie we've ever seen. Yeah. We hated it. And I fucking love Corpse Bride. So you know what? Maybe I would love this yeah. in the right time. But I, I will say I went into it so excited mm. and I left it kind of confused. And <laughs> like, that's it. I think probably a big part of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, I knew nothing about this movie. I had no idea what it was about. I honestly pictured when I heard Black Phone, I pictured like a 
one missed call situation where like you haven't seen the trailer no i didn't see the trailer oh. i did the same thing with men too i like to go into it with like no knowledge of what the movie is about yeah, at all yeah. like i think Respect. i knew ethan hawk was in it and that's it i had no idea i had i ex- i expected it to be true crime paranormal and i just feel like it, it kind of failed on both of those fronts but i think because i didn't expect the storyline at all like i had no knowledge of what was going to happen it was like that much more powerful for me Okay, I get that. Yeah. Now's the fun part. <laughs> do you want to do critical reception? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Okay. Um, all right, so this is Rotten Tomatoes, I assume. Yeah. This is the part where Ariana knows, and I guess. So she's looked it up. So I'm going to say on the critic side, I'm gonna, on the critic side, I'm going to say this did medium. I'm going to say this got like a 71% on critics. And then I'm going to say on the audience side, I'm going to say audiences liked it more because I can see millennials and people who re- grew up with like sinister and paranormal activity, finding a lot of nostalgia in it and liking the aesthetic of it. And also 70s and 80s aesthetic is very popular right now. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say high. I'm going to say like an 82. I'm going to say like an 82%, which is like an 11% higher than I said for critics. So that's my final answer. Okay. Critics was 83. Oh my God. <laughs> I was way off. And audience was 88. That's obscenely high in my it's opinion. It's because it's good, Kate. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure, you know what? It doesn't change my opinion about this movie. It, it really doesn't. I wish it did because I really wanted to like this movie. But I'm glad other people like it. And maybe, maybe I'm going to watch it in a year. And I'm be like, wow, I get it. Yeah. I see it. But not today. <laughs> today... For me, it's like a 62. 62. Okay. What did you give it out of 10? So this is, I'm glad you said that. So this is the part where we rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. And we usually rate it out of something, like 1 out of 10 somethings. And I was trying to decide what of the 10 things it would be. And everything I thought of, everything I thought of was like, that's really dark, Kate. I know. You can't say that. I know. Let me guess. You were like belts or something. I was like belts was the first one. I'm like out of belts and then I was like out of 10 dead children out oh my of 10 God. <laughs> I was like this is all really, out of 10 milk cartons I couldn't think of anything good but ultimately I gave it um I started with a five out of 10 oh black balloons I knew you were gonna say black balloons black balloons and I gave well that's the only thing in this movie you can pick that isn't really upsetting to say yeah and then I gave it, but I upped it to a five and a half out of 10. And I never do halves, but I gave it an extra half for Ethan Hawke. Oh, yeah. Ethan Hawke's amazing. Because I thought he was really great. I thought he was really, really great yeah. in this movie. And and we, I'm circling back. I really liked how the detectives worked with the little girl. And they were like, how did you know that? That's very interesting. And they listened to what the little girl has to say. That's an- Oh, that's another reason why I think that this is all fake. Because they didn't have a warrant. They're just like breaking in. Like they literally they get a call from a little girl there. who they think is clairvoyant. Yep. They get out of their seat the same fucking minute they get the phone call. They go to this guy's house. They literally do not have a warrant. I don't it's understand. It's a little goofy to me. And they it's don't knock goofy. and then go in like they do. And, you know, it's, they just, they just bust break, that shit yeah, in. Yeah, they break down the door. I think it's no, all. it just felt silly. I think it's fake. I think it's not a real ending. Anyway. Well, I give, that's what I give it. Five, five and a half out of 10 black balloons. Okay. What are you going to give it? All right. So I loved the actors. I think the little girl was amazing and I'm obsessed with her character and the actor. Um, 
I like the little boy's character as well, even though he was a little bit more flat and like one dimensional. But I think he did what he had to do. Well. I don't think it was his fault. Yeah, yeah, I think his character was pretty flat, but I think he did mm-hmm. good with what he had. Obviously, Ethan Hawke was amazing. The freaking mask was terrifying. The fact that his brother was in this and he's been in it and he has been in Sinister and I thought that was cool. It like mm-hmm. tied it all together. I love true crime and I love serial killer documentaries. So I felt nostalgic watching so this. And I know Kate disagrees with me, but I feel like this ending gave me the same feeling that Signs gave me, where everything falls into place at the end, and it's very satisfying. And I also love, and you know this, I love movies that I feel like I can act out something where, like, if I was in that scenario, what would I do? And a lot of it involves, like, like, fighting physically. So I really like this movie. I was very anxious when I watched it the first time because of the shooting, but the second time yeah. I watched it, it was a lot better. I liked that there was true crime and horror elements, supernatural, clairvoyant, um, and also like flawed characters, complex characters. Loved it. So I'm going to give it a wow. 9 out of 10. What the fuck? Fart knockers. <laughs> Fart knockers. Good choice. <laughs> 9 out of 10. Oh my God. Yeah. It's probably the biggest discrepancy that's existed thus far since we started in, doing in this In this together. direction, at least. Yeah. You know, where you're so high and I'm so low. Yeah. That doesn't normally, I'm like, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. <laughs> wow. This is going to be a hard scoreboard. Let's see. That's uh, like obscenely high. That's the highest you've like ever gone. No, it's not. You keep saying that. Every time I give something a nine out of 10, you're like, that's the highest. Because you, ne- you don't, I think Alien, you gave a nine. You haven't gone higher than a nine and you've done that like twice. So that's high. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. All right. And I support you liking it. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. I liked it. That's that good. being said, I mean, obviously there's a million really good movies on the list. So we'll have to find and- out. And also, obviously, a lot of people like this movie because it did well critically. Does that mean that you have to like it, listener? No. Rotten Tomatoes is not your barometer. Like what you like and fuck everyone else. <laughs> but people liked it, so I'm obviously in the minority, and that's fine. Um, maybe I'll like it one day, but today is not that day. So let's see. Why don't you figure out where you would put it, and then I'll figure out where I'm going to put it, and then we do like a middle ground option. I know where I'm going to put it. Okay, I'm going to say where I would put it if it was just me, I would probably do late 20s. Oh, no. Where would you put it? Oh, man. Uh, This got 65 for me. 65, okay. 65 out of 78, or 79. 65 out of 79. Okay. So you're late 20s? So, yeah. So maybe like... So this is above sinister for you? Late 30s. Yeah, yes. I'm shocked by that, honestly. <laughs> I'm really shocked. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like Sinister, but like literally Sinister was like boring, boring, boring snuff film of a family getting murdered. Boring, boring, boring snuff film. <laughs> and then the ending and that's it. That's literally how I felt mm. about Sinister. But I enjoyed it, but I did like this one more. But I also really okay. like true crime, so. This is going to be a, a compromise pick for sure. I think we should do like mid 40s as a compromise. I think that's fair. Okay. How do you think this compares to Disturbia? I like it better than Disturbia. How do you think this compares to Drag Me to Hell? I like Drag Me to Hell better. Yeah, for sure. So Drag Me to Hell is 37. And I know this is a messy scoreboard. Haunting of Bly Manor. I like Bly Manor better. Yeah, so I think that this is looking like it's going 
So let's start with like 40. So 40 is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the original one. And then it's Evil Dead, Insidious, Idle Hands, Black Christmas, Disturbia. Do you want to put it? I like Texas Chainsaw, Evil Dead, and Insidious above this one. So I would put it between, well, I know you love Idle Hands, so. I do, but I I recognize, I'm going to give you, I'm not going to fight on that one. (laughs) That's a losing fight. (laughs) So what if we put this as 43? So below Texas Chainsaw, below Evil Dead, below Insidious, above Idle Hands, Black Christmas, Disturbia, Tucker and Dale. Yeah, that's fine. New 43. So that makes it number mm -hmm, 43. I think that's fair. 43. That's fair. Good compromise. We shake our hands. Love it. We have a deal. <laughs> well, that's our scoreboard. Go check it out and get equally upset. We're upset about it. Yeah. It's on our website. It's nightlighthorrormovieclub.com. And yeah, that's that's the black phone, guys. Yeah, it's awesome. You can also do a lot of other things on our website, too. We have a contest where you can win yes, stuff. We, do. we also have merch if you want merch. Cuter than your other podcast, <laughs> I promise it's, you. It's really it's cute. really cute. Code nightlight for 10% if you forget. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Um, and then also, please start thinking about things to scare the shit out of Kate. <laughs> Not of so me. So that we can all... <laughs> scare her. She's getting a creepy Silence of the lambs. Get some... Definitely. Okay, no. Get some creepy house horror. No. I want like, creepy, like the strangers... We've already covered that, but do something not. similar. Do not. Something that's going to really scare a new homeowner or new home renter. <laughs> for Fine. Sure. If we're going to do that, we have to pick another really scary one for Kate, though, too. <laughs> mm, no, I think we should just scare you. All I think right. that the poll is now scare Ariana. No, poll. the poll is not that. Yeah, no, I not. think it is. No. People don't know me well enough to pick something that I would be freaked out by. Oh, I think we do know you, actually. Mm-hmm. You've, you were like, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. <laughs> You've just laid it out for us. You've made it almost too easy, Ariana. Uh, <laughs> too all right, guys. Easy. I'll do it for you, I guess. <laughs> do it for the club. Yes. Scary Ariana poll. Right. That's it. No, we're not doing scary Ariana. Yes. <laughs> okay, hold up. We've done scare Emma poll. We've never done a scare Kate poll. Um, That's because you can't scare me. Okay. <laughs> we're doing a scare both of us poll. How about that? Okay, that sounds fair. <laughs> that sounds fair. Scare us. Make us spooped. Yeah, spoop us. But if you have any thoughts, any questions, any concerns, if you think I'm right, if you think Ariana's right, regardless, drop us a line. Our email address is nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. And that includes mini episode ideas. We're always looking for new and cool mini episodes. Really excited about our last one, which was about the real story behind The Conjuring. Go listen to that Ugh. if you haven't. It's a hoot. So spooky. Super spooky. But that's all I have for the black phone. Do you have anything? No, I'm good. All right. Well, that's it, guys. And until next time, stay spoopy. Stay spoopy.